Welcome to Conscious Reconstruction. I am the host of the most, and I am terrified that y'all might not get an episode this week because uh, y'all just terrified. Real food, fugazi right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's really upsetting, and I have no idea the reason why. And it's random too because Monday everything was fine. Yeah, we'll talk, and then it just decided to pause and not um record us. And then all the channels are picking up something. So we don't know what's going on right now. But hey. Like all the channels are receiving input. But there, I can go into a real technical explanation of it. But I don't know what. How to troubleshoot it. <laughs> yeah. So we're dealing with that. But hey, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're going to give you what we got. And I'm here with AKA the most host. Just Charles 009. And we got Zero Cool in the building. AKA Ash. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? How was y'all weekend? How was y'all week? Just fine. Just dandy. Pretty chill. Beginning of March, we officially been dealing with COVID for a year. Happy Women's Month. Thanks. What you doing for me? Oh. Look at him. Fucking slacks. <laughs> <laughs> ain't doing shit. She didn't even hey. know it was Women's Month until I said what something. What are you talking? I keep up with these things. No, you didn't. You yes, didn't I did. One thing about it. y'all wasn't unprepared. I I'm the one who brought it up. Was. You said nothing I, it about was it. coming. I mean, you got a whole month. A whole month. Yeah, so y'all so need to it, figure it, it out. To come, why does it need to come figure at the beginning? it it need to happen now because it's my month. Don't be surprised. There right now. Well, it's not just your month. <laughs> yes, it is. It's it is. all women. Fuck yeah. them. <laughs> I mean, oh, <laughs> what you got going on? <laughs> Fuck them. This is Ash's month. Oh, this is Ash's month. And, uh... But Ash's month is December. That's when your birth month. So that, that means my brother do the whole birth month thing. I don't understand that. <clears throat> April is my month. Oh, you get the whole birth month thing too. Yeah, it's my whole month. Oh, this yeah, I don't understand that. Le- maximum laziness. No, maximum, give me stuff. <laughs> okay. But um, I have some. I have a question for y'all. But before that, I just wanted to let everybody know. Um, Daft Punk said that they're not friends no more. They don't fuck with each other after twenty-three years. No, you can't be friends if you break up. Because, yeah, that that indicates there are don't plenty like of people who leave bands and do stuff that like did Led Zeppelin break up or yeah, did they? I mean, every single great rock band for the most part break. But broke they still up. be performing with each other sometimes. Well, nowadays, so. they're ba- I think they're back together, but I think they just perform their classic stuff, not really. Yeah, they don't do no new stuff. They was like, "Bottom is dead. We stopped this." But I was just thinking about bands that broke up that still be fucking with each other. Uh, and they still like be perform. They be performing every once in a while with each other. Green Day? Green Day never broke up. They supposed to come out with a new album, ain't they? I don't know. <laughs> it's like I didn't I, I feel like Green Day's been around for so long. Forever. No, oh, okay. I don't know if it's coming out or not. But just think about it, like can you can you break up and still be cool? Like, we can't do this no more as a I collective. Mean, Mafia is still friends. I've had this example off like Mike, but they're still cool. It's just like <laughs> they don't fuck we are a four person EDM set and and organizing four people for 20 plus years. And now some of us have two kids, wives, and all this other stuff. And it's just like, we got stuff, other stuff we want to be doing. And it's like, well, it's we're not cool with each other now, but maybe later on down the line, they'll get cool again. Maybe that's what happened with Liz Eppin, because theirs happened pretty tragically. I guess my thing is like, why not retire then? Retire yeah. Again, instead of break up. Like, that just sounds like y'all don't fuck with each other. Oh, we broke up. So that that it doesn't mean that they're not going to release independent projects. It just means they're not going to release any more projects together. 
It's just okay. like Which coordinating this process. I have a question. If they release independent projects, that is not Swedish House Mafia, correct? Yes. Which would mean that Swedish House Mafia could still, in theory, be retired, and they still do things solo. But no, bands don't retire. Bands break up. That's the way bands work. That's so weird. Why not just retire? Because when you say, no, you don't retire the band. You retire individually. Like, retirement is an individual type of thing. You can retire from a band. An individual person can retire, and you can be replaced. It happens all the time. No, I understand but by breaking that, up the band, the whole it's just band like, is just gonna stop. They should just retire the band. Breaking up makes it sound like because it's like each other. like Panic in the Disco. It's like there's only one person. That's all I panic. know is Daft Punk don't like each other. <laughs> it's like there's only one person in Panic in the Disco who was in a Panic in the Disco originally. That is it. Brandy right in the streets, but it's still called Panic in the, the Disco because they replaced all the individual parts. So it's like yeah, but the band kept doing stuff. Yes, that's, but the band is completely and totally that, different that, people. That doesn't matter. Yuri. But that doesn't matter. If y'all are going to continue doing things under that name, then it's fine. But My thing exactly. is y'all don't have any intention of doing things under that name. And y'all are still... No, no, it's not. And y'all are still on amicable terms. Why not just retire the band? We're retiring this era of our lives. Because it's not, know what, we for some reason you are taking... Two and year, we can. You're taking this breakup... At see bands break everyone treats bands breaking up as like yes yeah, usually some bullshit around me. no I mean there are plenty of bands that broke up off of like after after like a last tour is like this is our last like, tour and then we're breaking up, up. some bullshit mm-hmm. um who else broke up over some bullshit uh over <clears> Motley <throat> Crew Motley Crue, uh, I want to say. Led Zeppelin. No, Led Zeppelin didn't break up over no bullshit. They remember Van literally Halen. died. They were like, we're not continuing out well, this that's that that's that uh, physical graffiti tour. I talked to my, uh, my karate teacher is also the guy who teaches me guitar. And I want to be able to play In My Time and Dying at some point in my life. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me as like, I'm not going to teach you that song. That entire album's cursed. Mm. Nothing good happened up when that album was going on. They said it's like one of their best albums, but oh, also yeah, it's a wonderful album. It's like it's you can hear all the old bluesy type of influence in it. You get the slide guitar. Don't get me started, please. Awesome. I'm about to get in a whole bag. Oh my god! The, also, <laughs> with them going on this tangent, I do want to let you guys know that we will be starting um, a new segment to talk about music on the show. We're gonna bring in an artist that we really love. As you can see, both of them are very passionate about uh, Led Zeppelin, Everybody's rock, passionate um, about Led Zeppelin. different eras of music. And so, yeah, it should be a good time. Uh, I'll start. I I think it's hard to say where we should start this all off at. We'll figure it out. Uh, it's like, what's a good starting point? I think Jimi Hendrix is a good starting point. I'm going to go last. <laughs> okay. Well, actually, that means you can read the room. But... No, because I figure y'all to be more varied. And I. Do we know where you're going? I, I kind of know where I'm going already. Scissor. Nah. Nigga. <laughs> nah, I already told y'all. When it's my week, I'm going to Avant. And then I'm going to Kendrick. I'm telling you, my first two. Mm. Yeah. I feel like I'll probably go Hendrix to Queens of Stone Age. 
I literally do not know what mine is right now. I don't know. They are very decisive. This is it. Damn. Well, <laughs> it's just like influential, influential people that I care about. But that's not like a topic to you. You're just throwing an artist and just talking about them. Well. That's weird to me. Well, so for me, I guess I chose a vibe first because like. The one we so, stick on R&B then. It's more about. Because uh, I don't listen to R&B. Yeah. You don't? Charles, oh. Yeah, Charles doesn't really talk with R&B at all. That's, That's why wild. Yeah, so so that'll really be interesting, yeah. Oh. Like, we have a decent juxtaposition on, like, you have a reasonable over, like, we overlap in a reasonable amount of ways, but I overlap with him on hip-hop. Yeah. But you don't overlap with us on hip-hop, but we overlap on rock. That's wild. Yeah, so How that little all, triangle worked out. Yeah. There's, like, there's, there's a lot of different, different things where we all kind of overlap and then don't overlap in things. Mm-hmm. So that's why I thought it would be interesting where we could also bring, like, y'all know certain artists I have no idea about. That would be cool. Me and you know certain artists that Charles has no idea about. Me and Charles know artists that you don't have no idea about. So right. I just thought things like that would be interesting. because well, all like, is just music to fuck by. Don't he you is, say that. That's not giving a fuck about yeah. R&B at all. He clearly was <laughs> like, mm. Yeah, that's fucking baby so, making music. That's what I'm like, yeah. I mean, that's what they talk about. Charles is not going to have any like, either, reference. My like, heart is broken good shit that I'm or talking I'm about. making this child. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's not yeah. all it is. No, it's all not. I say about this love. Say rumor. He's Sometimes R&B is about like, have you ever heard of Cradles in the Sun? Oh, my God. Crazy in the Sun. Cradles in the Sun by Miguel. No. Or Candles in the Sun. I think it's Candles in the Sun. Let me check. It might be Candles in the Sun. I hear some old shit. It's an aquatic song. This is like a very unknown band. They got the song called Where is Love, where he just asking like the philosophical shit about where is love? Where does it come from? How do you find it? Nigga, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Don't be always talking about fucking. What are you talking about? No. Yes, it is. Funk. That's not, that's definitely not no funk. That's not specifically funk. Parliament is more funk, you know. I'm sorry. It's soul music. So it's just like, every, I think people are a little bit too liberal with the title of R&B. It's just like, this is R&B. Just because they sing doesn't make it R&B. At that point, country, well, country is basically R&B. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to talk about that. Well, R&B is rhythm and blues. Y- yes, it is. When you took the derivative off of blues, you added more. It, it's like the where the derivatives go off of blues is very, very interesting because like one side you have the Rolling Stones and stuff like that. And then you end up in rock and then you end up in R&B, which mm-hmm. is a more <clears throat> produced version hey. of blues. Which... This is Candles in the Sun. He's not singing about love or anything. He's talking about God and like war and like just morality and it just whole just different bag, but it's still R and B. I wouldn't really even put this inside the R and B genre. This sounds like an like I mean, saying something sounds like an alternative song is like saying this has no category. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's 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 a cop out. <laughs> I mean. Well, alternative literally is just the musical umbrella for anything that doesn't naturally fit in any known show, any known area right now. I'm mad you had to look at it like, hey, is this? Still, I, no, I'm keeping a very meticulous hey, eye on this because hey, I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you. It's like we're not gonna do this over. It's like we gonna save it, we gonna reclose it, we gonna open it up, and we gonna keep it pushing. 
Listen, as you can, you can count can on see, that. We you can, can count on a Virgo a to be very meticulous. Music conversation. All of us are pretty in depth with this our uh, musical knowledge. And, half of what we talk about uh, before the show starts. We have very sharp musical opinions. That is also very true. <laughs> we got into <laughs> an argument about that bass line wasn't in the fucking song. Yeah, we did argue about being in the song. Because it wasn't in there. Yeah, it's turned they out. They were like, Tony was definitely looking at us. <laughs> no. You, don't you know that like fit the Simpsons, two monkeys fighting on the uh Yeah, they were really the both things. Because he knows no, you were technically what I be trying to say. Like, I don't like this song because the bass be rattly. He know what that is technically. I can never express it because I'm never in the studio recording. Uh, I but mean, he the know what I be feeling about the song. On that song. See, I don't know what to say about that. And but then, I, I can know, also like, understand where Tony's coming from. It's just like, this is what you sold me. It's like you it's like the cup game or three card money in New York. It's just like, wait a second. The it was never in here. Yeah. You son of a bitch. Uh, it was stabbed to me. Yeah. So that's anything. My Y'all can't tell me that it wasn't. He was out there here bumping this song for a while. He I may not be able to speak like Charles, here, but also I have a really good ear. Like, oh, that is something completely new. Sitting up here, nodding his head. Next thing you know, he gets to it. This is my song on an album. And then it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, no, it started terrible. I was like, I was uh, here for the bass. This is this not is... how this starts. So I listened to it all, and then I went to the other one. And I was like, okay, so I was right. This is different. This is why I don't trust you guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I have yeah. trust issues right now because y'all just do that. If y'all metro no trust y'all, because y'all just give me something. Riley kept saying that all it. one day. She just <laughs> metro no trust y'all. I'm gonna shoot you. Where did you learn this? And she just kept saying yeah. it. She I just mean, yeah. She just kept saying yeah. it all day. It's, it's, it's it's like the ones, even though that's literally like the where I primarily got that from the life of Pablo, which is possibly. Like, I think it's part two, which is considered to be like one of the worst Kanye West albums ever. Probably. <laughs> it's like, uh, but anyway, before we get too far into the musical bag, but you know what's in the bag now. Yeah, it's pretty entertaining, I think. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about the changes on Sam's Club when we get to there, but what we got? Tony, Tony has confused himself. Wrote, wrote, oh, there we go. Notes. I, I know what I want. <laughs> it's still in the musical section. Okay. Who's the first person or the first group or the first concert that you want to see live once things open up? Oh, my God. Playboy Cardi. I cannot wait to <laughs> smash niggas' head. Soon as R.I.P. come on. Oh, my God. I'm back I cannot Playboy Cardi. wait. I hate you so much. I You're so but oh my god, oh. take my shirt off and not a whole stop. I cannot wait to hit someone in the face when that song comes up. Playboy Friday uh, was so terrible. I wanted to go, I was actually looking forward to possibly going to the Van Weezer tour because mm-hmm. that was an entire album that was supposed to be like super 80s guitar rifty type things. Yeah. And then they, they canceled it and just released OK Human, which was a complete and total surprise. Like Tony's the one who told me about it. Like there's a Weezer album out. I'm sorry, what? I thought they pushed that entire <laughs> that entire slate of projects back because you know it was meant to be toured on for concerts and there were no concerts. So that means they just said, you know what, you guys aren't getting this. I'm not Let's vibing. Do- oh my god, I can't get away to get around some angry white boys. Oh, that is ace. Death grips. Like I didn't think that when we went to the Maxo concert that they was gonna be moshing, but there I was right with the Why are they moshing at I have concert. Those- Clue, but we were there <laughs> throwing each other around. I'm like, this is strange, but I like it. 
I uh, cannot wait. Who's the dude who came out with, oh, Khaled? That's like going to a Khaled concert and be like, It's either that or Death Grips. Me. Either one of those come first. Why are you why are you watching the location, guys? Nigga, oh the, my. Like, dude, I don't know. It's such a, I cannot wait to buy his vinyl. I, that's all I've been listening to lately. I can't help myself, and I don't know why. I don't know why. And nauseam, I don't listen to R&B, but for some reason, I can listen to Khaled. Khaled? Yeah. I don't like his, mm, that's not the good critique. I don't like his voice. Oh, I mean, he's not a singer. He's definitely talking to people. I don't like Kodak Black's voice. I'm not I think it's nasally. I'm not yeah. a fan of Kodak Black, period. I mean, he doesn't nice. really make good music that I like in general, but I, his voice also mm-hmm. just ruined it for me. Yeah, Bjork oh, make man. great music, but when she get the fucking singing, I'd be like, man, everybody I'm out here, nobody's looking Nobody was happy that Kodak Black got let out. Everybody was like, yeah, Schmurder's out. Are y'all ready for this Kodak Black music? No, we don't really want it. I ain't never heard music. no Kodak, like, his work in the entirety, but also I'm not mad at it. I've but I fuck with Lil Yachty. When I go to a Lil Yachty concert, I probably would. He's fun. I like him. But I no, those two never, right there. I've never actually. I want to go to a Griselda concert. Oh, me too. I want to go to a Real Dangerous. See, that was my overall thought <laughs> process because it's like that seems like it's a concert that might get shot up. I'm ready. I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm, I'm sorry. To, yes, I would like to go to a Griselda concert because I've never seen them. And none of the bigger artists that I really want to see are putting out have oh, put out music. Ooh, that means yet. there were that means reason to be I, there. I would also like to see a reason concert uh and boogie, because I'm really in the boogie right now. West Side Boogie. Yeah, West Side Boogie is killing shit. So I'll boogie with a hook. Yeah. I wouldn't mind going to one of his. I like him. I like when you play him. So I wouldn't mind going to him. But the Griselda like, one. Uh, yes. to go to that um as as Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars concert. That uh, might be fun. That sounds like a fun little Sonics. summertime thing. Yeah. Uh, Silk Sonics. Yeah, yeah Silk Sonics. That do sound fun to listen to, actually. Yeah, I think that'd oh. be a nice one. I think that'd just be a great vibe at a concert. Yeah. I don't know. Bruno Mars has completely and totally embraced his full ethnicity. Especially since it's probably going to be like at a arena. <laughs> it's just like, I don't need to silk my hair back. I, hope I got outside. I feel like that'd be an outside concert. Yeah, I think it's going to be at an arena. Yeah, and that should so definitely be at an arena, I, what I'm doing is bringing me some that good ganja and I'm going to have a good time. Yeah, that's something like something I might like eat that. an edible. I don't even like edibles all like that, but I might just, you know, step out of character one time for the one time. Oh, get some good brownies. Yeah. But um, I'm definitely ready to smack somebody time, upside the man. fucking head. Yeah, death uh, Grips came, I think they came 2000. I don't, don't want to go like... to any Death Grips concert because that seems like a place where you can get clotheslined. Yes, nigga. I'm trying to see that. They I want to go to R&B concerts too. Like, I want to go to... Um, Lucky Day's concert. I want to go see Lucky Day perform. I want to see a lot of R&B acts too. Like, I think that'd be a nice summer vibe, especially if I can get some outside concerts. I went, Earl Sweatshirt came 2019, I think it was, and I missed that one. Kind of sad about That's that one. Good, that will be a good time. Yeah, he came in 2019. I missed that one. I think I had to work overnight. Oh my God, I'm so glad I ain't got to do that shit no more. But yeah. I would have went to that one. That's a vibe. I'm usually like, I don't really like going to concerts for real, for real, because me standing around listening to niggas play music it's not well, like the greatest problem, thing in the world. I don't like hip hop concerts more than anything else, just because of the fact that the production value that is present inside of a or a presentation inside of like an album is never going to be there for a live venue. 
and a lot of hip hop artists don't actually have the energy that one would need for. All right, so I only go to specific hip hop concerts. Like Kendrick does a really good show. Um, I've been to a Kanye show; those are really good. Travis does a really good show. Um, Drake does a really good show, but they're also the ones that are putting a lot of money into their production and things like that. So you're getting a good um, theatrical performance and everything like that, and high energy. No, yeah, Playboy don't really do like. He's the whole aesthetic is supposed to be like kind of rock star ish. He's a great performer, but he don't have the production value like you were saying that those artists. But well, he got the energy. Star, if you don't have rock star energy, that's a whole other thing. No, I'm he not do talking got about it. Drink either. I'm talking about like you just out there jumping around, acting the fool. Everybody's having fun, and you're bringing no, his concerts look with you. extremely fun, and I can't wait for this. Oh my god, I cannot wait mm. to smack the fuck out of somebody. Who <laughs> else? Um, <clears throat> what's his name? Uh, Tyler the Creator puts on a really good concert as well. That's good. That is true. I yes. went and saw Cherry Bomb live. Uh, I saw him when they were still. I feel like the further away we get from Odd Future, Tyler. Well, based upon the song that we actually got from him recently, he's a lot closer to Odd Future, Tyler, right now than he would be. I think he might have broke up with somebody. No, I saw them when they were uh, Future. All them niggas came out and performed these songs. Hey, that, sound, that sounds like See, I terribly mad. What y'all out here doing? Tyler, why do you have your pants pulled down? <laughs> it was fun. I'm trying to think. Like, I definitely want to get into going to more concerts. Um, like, I was really into that maybe 2018, 2017, 2019. I kind of fell off of it. And then 2020 happened, and then there wasn't concerts. There was nothing. Well, you came here and then you got listened to the bag because you're not on the, you're not as like everyone. The weird thing about being in Cleveland is everyone wants to perform here at some point because of the Hall of Fame and all that other stuff, and like the music. But it's music not at the top of the list. Is like a thing, but the problem is most people can't afford to tour here because they're not on any of the given circuits. So that means it's like you would go straight up the East Coast. Oh, I didn't know that. And go straight up the West Coast. Yeah, there's lots of routes that are like. See, I didn't know. I thought they was just being assholes. Like we're not going. So to this. cutting across, <laughs> you would do Philly, Pittsburgh, Cleveland. Oh, okay. But the problem is you can't go out any further west because it's like at that point you're gonna go to Indianapolis and maybe you loop back down. Oh. But like. You learn something new. Concert day. routes, like you would probably go Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati, right? And you go down to like Nashville, and you cut back across, but then you cut back into the same route. So maybe you want to loop back around and end up back in New Jersey, mm-hmm. and but that's that's just still a really weird route. Okay, I didn't know that. So maybe coming up top from like Maine, you can cut across, go down to New York, cut across Philadelphia, come back across, go to New Jersey, like go down to New Jersey, cut across, and then go back over to, like, through Virginia over to Washington, D.C., and then then go back down. That sounds wildly expensive for not that much money. Okay. Look at that, guys. Look at that. I only know this because I know someone who was, like, a record exec, and they, they, like, had privileged information to a lot of these routes and the reason they are the way that they are. Like It's, like, two or three major companies that have contracts with a lot of the venues and everything like that. Like so either you're like I think it's Live Nation. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then there's another one. So either you're booking through one of those two companies. Really, yeah. There's a your, mad monopoly that people are kind of upset that exists. Yeah. So it's oh. you have to like go through them. So yeah, that's another reason why it's hard to get live shows and things like that. Unless you're like going to like you either go to small market. There you is can no do what market. they call the Chitlin circuit, mm-hmm. which is doing all like 
is so. we like doing the small show. It's like when you do Typically get the artists small, that the, the smaller yeah, artists come out here, they'll do Cleveland, they'll do Detroit, they'll okay. do the smaller clubs in like Atlanta. They're just gonna do all the black areas. Right? Oh, yeah. But it's unfortunately like, called the you Trans- have the mo- you pretty much have like the Rust Belt tour, which is like Detroit, Chicago, like all the Midwestern stuff. And then you have Chitlin Circuit, which was normally like the southern stuff, but yeah. they probably expanded it some inside of the late. You have an East Coast tour, West Coast tour. I don't know. I feel sorry for anybody who's from the center of America because y'all don't get nobody to come. <laughs> Not at all. I mean, touring on the West Coast, you can stay in California tour. Just yeah, like, you can just tour up California, California and never leave the state and make. And then hit Portland and mm-hmm. Seattle. And be fine. Like hop a flight from the end of California to Portland and hop another one to Seattle and then fly back home. That's the one good thing about California. Like you can be very insular there. Like you might not be known anywhere else, but as long as you're known on the West Coast, you're fine. Mm -hmm. Like you'll be allowed to like subsist and like move up and down and have a pretty decent lifestyle. The only thing that's nice about being here is because we're so close to Toronto that actually helped us out. Because Toronto is like a huge enough city to the point where you can do multiple shows in it. So yeah, sometimes you'll get people who trickle over into like Buffalo or Detroit or here. Because it's five it's five ways distance. I mean, I travel for shows though too. Like I've gone to California for a show. I've driven to Philadelphia. Um, so I'm also willing to travel to go to concerts depending on who it is and what I want to see. I'm not terribly interested in sort of going to more popular populated versions of places that i live like that's how i kind of look at philadelphia is just like hey well i just kind of clevelandy with more stuff well so no i went to philadelphia for the roots picnic and that's only it's only in philadelphia like oh like it's a festival kind of roots roots yeah Damn, was oh, that that was that good time. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, yeah. I I went to the roots picnic. So yeah, <laughs> and then so you got to see like uh, what's his name, Black, Black Thought, Thought. Um, <laughs> a live like... mixtape where him and a whole bunch of different different friends they would just go on a beat and just start freestyling and going. But it was him and like Pharaoh Monster, just a whole lot of monsters up there just just, like... just doing ridiculous shit. Then you got to see SZA. There was all kinds. Why was SZA there? Bruh, just like, I had an amazing time. I saw it. It's like, why are you here, SZA? Um, Joe Button's podcast was there. It was a very good time. SZA, your professional side. Yeah, that was 2018. I did that, I want to say. You can't besmirch my lady's name like that. Uh, <laughs> you, that's not your lady. You don't even listen to all of her albums anymore. You got to listen to all of them. I did listen time. to all her albums. She got Ellie Big Tapes. I listen to everything she's put out. And I'm gonna still listen to it, <laughs> but also though, why you listen to it? Like, why are you putting yourself though. through this? Sister? Yeah, like, You're too good for this. Like, Another girl. one of my vibes is like going to a place like if an artist like has like really strong ties to his hometown and things like that. I like going there to see them perform. That sounds like a good time. Like I went to L.A. to see Kendrick perform, and it was just a different type of energy because I've seen him perform different other times. And like I've seen him out here perform. I've seen all the TDE perform in. Uh, where were I? Was I? I was at the Pavilion, out here. Yeah. And I saw J. Rock, Absol, Schoolboy. I saw. Kid Ink. Uh, <laughs> um, K. Dot. I saw everybody, some other random just California people on this random tour. 
So I've seen him there. I've seen him somewhere else too. And but I was like, it was just a different type of energy and just a different feel when I was in California. It's just like since I'm in LA, y'all get an act, y'all actually get an encore. Like it was lit. I was it was a great time. So it helps when you can just leave and go home though. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like Hey, hey, that is that's probably a big ass fact. It's probably like, hey. I can just go to the house after this. So I'm about to have a great time, rock out, be out for a while, and then I'm going home. This is like going out to the club. Chill. Whereas, oh, there are certain places that I just want to be in terms of music. Like, I'm upset that I went to New York, but I didn't get to actually experience any of the New York live music scene because I know that's like a huge thing there. And their music, like, you can pretty much get anything there. In general, like I can get my alt rock thing going on, and then it's just like, what are you about to do? I'm about to hop a pearl and I'm about to go see a hip hop show. Let's go. What's the concert? To... <clears throat> Sorry, what's the concert you would pay anything as they do see? Anything like unlimited resources, and they was like, it's this price. Are they I'm paying it. Don't matter. Anything. I'm picking Sade. Oh my God. Can she rock me to sleep while she sings? I'll mm-hmm. pay anything to just. Sit near her. Any fucking thing. Who else would I pay to see? It's Michael Jackson, Tupac. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I'd Uh-oh. do Michael Jackson. I want the Wu-Tang with ODB alive. That sounds like that'd be a real hey, fun anything. Time. That's a real Bye, fun Wu-Tang. fucking time. Or easy. See, the thing but I... I'm very West Coast biased. I don't... <laughs> I, it would have to be an NWA concert. I wouldn't just be able to go... In- See, I want it to be NWA, but I want Easy E to be alive. So yeah, yeah I, I needed to specify that. It's like I needed to be not like the same thing with no Easy E. So I want, even though he's technically the worst rapper of all four people that are in there, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want DLC to uh, <laughs> have his old voice, like. If all the members of NWA, MC Ren, MC Ren, uh, Ice Cube, Ice Cube, Doctor Dre, DLC, Easy, if they're all there, it was DLC before the car accident and his voice got messed up. All of that, that'd be that'd be a banger. Uh, Ice Cube. Um, I would do Talking Heads. Man. I just thought about it. <clears throat> Based on this Eminem thing, I, I would do Mac that, Miller. I hope none of these people go back too. and actually decide to tr- go back to randomly listen to like NWA's music. They gonna have a terrible surprise about Ice Cube. <laughs> it's just like you were talking about killing someone. I do. And now you took me show. children's movies. How can you make this pivot? I was making this pivot. Then. I think I would want to see Michael just because everybody talks about how uh, amazing Beyonce's production is. So mm-hmm. I would like to just like be able, in my own eyes, to see like what the difference is—a one-to-one comparison. Like, all right, y'all compare her like presence and like how she performs and everything like that to uh <clears throat> Michael. So I want to see the king in his like full like bag. It's yeah, just like yeah. nah, this is like which one though? No, you want him in the two thousands or early before the I'm picking fresh prime. Yeah, I want yeah, I want, I want all of this nigga's moves to be like Chris. Everything for it then you want Beyonce pre child. I want I want Michael Jackson post like Maybe post off the wall, like bad off the wall thriller. It's like I want prime Michael Jackson. Who else would be like the other primary pop star that everyone says is the shit? Taylor Swift doesn't get to show up here because they they won't point at the door. I've seen Kanye 
Oh, y'all know y'all wanna know something crazy? Mm-hmm. So y'all know that um Kanye rant that he did where he was talking about Jay Z wants to kill him and all this crazy shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was there. No, oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> you were probably also upset. It's like, sir, <laughs> sir. I mean, he did like ruin the concert for it. Like he did the concert and then also went on the rant. So right. you got both. It was a very interesting time. But yeah, I was there for Kanye. Just what hero Kanye out. was that? Was that Post My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy? I... Well, it had yeah. to be Post My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Yeah. But um, it was pre-Life of Pablo. He was on some floating thing. Kanye did a concert where he was on top of this like floating cloud thing. And so you could be up under him, but then you couldn't see him performing, which was really weird. Because it's like... But yeah, he, he was got... on this... Like, floating platform. That's where Travis Scott got the idea to have the eagle that would flew around and shit like that. I've seen The Weeknd perform. Mm-hmm. Actually, I didn't see The Weeknd perform. I got upset because I bought The Weeknd tickets so I could see Black perform. The two people I brought with me were slow, so we got there late and only saw part of Black perform. So I watched that. I watched a little bit of somebody else perform and I left mm-hmm. because I didn't give a fuck about The Weeknd performing because uh, I hated the album that he put out. What album was it? I think it was Star Boy or something like that. Oh, man. It's like, ugh. I understand people enjoy it. Like that was basically, basically his big thing. But like his, he like his first album was like, yeah. His you set the set. You set the stage like way too high for your own self. You set the stage way too dark for your own self to go this way. <laughs> this this different. Like this was a very very different turn. And I was, I, and then like I feel like that was like his all the way pop album. And I was like, yes, I did. And a pop album. That was when Black had just come out, and I was like, I just really want to see Black. So I saw that. I came back in to see him, like, do one song with The Weeknd. And other than that, I chilled in the car until they were ready to go. <laughs> you didn't even leave him? You were just like, no. I was about to go out here and smoke. <sighs> Couldn't leave them. Uh-oh. But I was in Seattle at the time when I lived uh-huh. out there. I mean, they got to get you some public infrastructure. They should be able to get home. Oh my god! Now I'm going through the list of people who I wanted to see, and I'm just going down my artist list. And there's, I'd pay anything to see Frank Ocean. To be honest, I'd pay Why? anything because that's my baby. Have I seen Frank Ocean? Oh no! For some reason, I input John Legend into Frank Ocean. It's just like, why would you pay to go see that? You know, no, I'm not I've randomly seen people by way of them being openers for other people, and that has been a great time. Like, oh, yeah. That's I saw Vince Staples. Ooh, that was probably a top. That's a person I want to see. This table's open for uh, Tyler the Creator. And so that was a great time because I saw him in Seattle. It's that. a lot of dance, like electronic bands I want to see, but that's not like I wouldn't pay much. I'll pay money to see Matthew Deere. Well, me. as you guys can see, music is definitely <laughs> going to be a, a new oh. part of our show because look at them. Look at them? The Where was you at? <laughs> where was you at? Where, where you did you go? You asked the damn question. Right, where you, you go? Look at them. You went, you know the music three times, multiple times. And act like he didn't enjoy the whole ass ride. Look at them. I <laughs> your fault. Yeah, look at your ass Yellow out here, you know, doing stuff. Oh, I don't care about that anymore. Oh, so I was going to ask you a question that I don't care about no more. Um, it was about the Jay Z shit, but I honestly don't care about Jay Z shit. Oh, top, him sadly titled the Jack Dorsey. Yeah. Oh, that's just ultimately a changing of hands. I mean, I think it puts Jay Z in different rooms. So I think that's good, but I don't care enough to talk about it on the other show. But what I do want to talk about is, um, what is your creative process? What? Anything. Uh, everything. Mm. Like, 
So what is your creative process when it comes to writing? What is your creative process in your three creative fields? Okay. I would say writing, um, programming, programming, and then making games, I guess, is a technical, yeah. technically a dumb thing. Yep. And is, then, same to, for you, Ash. Have to find your creative process. Have to find this game my ass to sit down and actually do it. But I pace a lot. Mm. <laughs> I'll have something in my head. So I already know kind of like going through my themes and things like that. But to actually get down and sit it, I have to like square myself off. My music has to be extra, like it has to be really loud, noise canceling up to whatever the fuck. And it got to be like some real hardcore ass hip hop playing to keep my momentum going. <laughs> like it has to be me squared off. And I sit there and I write. If I'm just like, writing poems and shit I don't have to get into that one but when it comes to like my stories I gotta be like in the zone and I kind of gotta power through it because it won't get done but when it comes to like if I'm writing poetry it's just more like a spark of I'll take like now I'm starting to do like writing prompts where I'll take other um like other poets or other singers or whatever and if it's like a specific lyric and inspire me I'll write off that lyric or a moment or whatever I'll just go on right off of that by me sitting down. No, me sitting down isn't really the hardest part. It's more so like me trying to talk myself out of like, that's not a good idea. At this point, I don't really care about more so about ideas. I just need to write it because now I'm seeing like, I suck. <laughs> so I just need to write it out and then I'll go back and tweak it because I think I'm about to toss everything that I wrote into whatever the fuck I wrote to this point. I think I'm going to toss it and just start over because... I'm at the point where I'm studying about how to write a not a good story, but to get my vision clear about the stories that I want to write, the themes and everything. Um, I'm watching movies now, like even with, when I was talking about collateral, about how they use like lighting and shit or just little tiny symbols in there that you wouldn't know meant. I'm trying to think about those things in each of in whatever the fuck I'm writing now. I'm trying to think about the symbols and what this means and how like characters develop over time. So I'm getting more into that. But sitting down is would be the hardest part because I'm always trying to talk myself out of it. I don't know if that answered your question, but sorry. <laughs> writing. For writing, it's more so easy to do other places. Like, because mm -hmm. I'm the composition notebook type. I can't. I would rather write stuff down physically and have a uh, dictator come back and do it as opposed to uh, having something else like typing it. I don't know why typing and writing just doesn't work very well for me. Yeah, no, like when I write because like I said, me just being just writing out feelings and just my thoughts and my poems, they have to be handwritten. But my stories and things like that, I don't mind typing those for some reason. There's just something different about it. I don't know why. I don't know my thoughts. It's just faster to get my the thoughts out of my head the other way. By typing? Oh, uh, by writing. By writing? Oh, okay. I don't know. And also, it's like, it depends upon what I'm writing. Because stories, I always like to have timelines. It's just like, where was this character while this was happening? Where was this character while this was happening? Even though it's not always relevant to... The story is just like that's how you kind of get these cool things or like how you see the necessary information for 
the user, if the reader pays enough attention, you can actually figure out what's going on. Whereas if they're not, it's cool. It's always cool for the reader to always be go, be able to go back and say, "Hey, look! Like, oh my God, that character was actually there." Because when you have like kind of a mystery element, or when people are trying to figure stuff out, which is pretty much always mm-hmm. inside of the stuff that I like to write, uh, or problem solving s type things, it's just I think it's cool to have that type of stuff in there. But that's kind of a personal gig, not necessarily anything that's necessary. Yeah, before, like programming, I can only do in front of the computer stuff. Yeah, before I would just like spit out random like scenes where I thought it would be cool to just write this out. This would be cool scene in the book, but I'm now I'm seeing like I got to be a little bit more intentional about what the characters might mean or you know what? Why is this scene important? Not just like this cute like this cute action scene. I think would be cool in a book. Now I'm starting to get more intentional about it. And I bought, let's see, did I buy three? No, I bought two books on writing screenplays and things like that. So I like to study while I'm writing too. So I can kind of give myself an outline of where I want to go, follow a few pointers. But I also don't suggest buying too many of those books beforehand because then you'll get like the paralysis of I need to do it this way how it was just kind of written out by somebody else's standards. But I kind of take that stuff with a grain of salt because I want to be good at it, but I also know that I suck at it. (laughs) So I don't know. It's like a constant just revising and getting more clear. Now that I'm writing more, a little bit more seriously, it's like, oh, I see now where I'm going wrong, like just kind of getting it out was cool for a while, but now I'm starting to see, like, I had to be more intentional. Like, every scene gonna have to mean something in the broader respect of whatever I want my, the moral of my story to be. Yeah, no, I, I don't know the process of it. It's just... I hate, like, getting myself into the mode where I have to be inspired to write. Like, I'm really trying to write every day, no matter what. Because... I guess inspiration is fleeting for real. And I don't want to be that person because you don't never know when that jolt of, oh my God, will come. And that don't happen too, too often. But me being consistent. And then when I do get those sparks of inspiration, I'll already still be writing. And it's not like this big lull to get in front of the computer. Well, because, yeah, not everything about writing is uh, 100%, I guess, inspirational. Like, I think you can be inspired when it comes to the plot, but there's a lot of minutia involved, like describing areas and doing yeah. things like that. It's just like, there's not everything you have to be the most like inspired in the world in order to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, what's this place look like? All right, well, I described the entire place. Man, that's like a whole page's worth of description. I got to figure out a way to trickle this stuff out. Right. And it's just like, you get inspired when it comes to characters or clever twists and stuff like that. But once the skeleton's there, you can insert it where you where you want to. Because you, do, you don't have to write linearly. So figuring that stuff, figuring that out is also kind of a cheat. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is kind of what my creative process is get myself to sit down uh 
think there's a lot of pacing involved. Don't sit for like extended periods of time and just stare at a blank screen. And then sit down and type some more for once you figure that out. Make sit and sit down. <laughs> yeah, it's like stand up, walk around, sit back down, do some more stuff. If I run into a problem, stand up. Don't just stare at it. Think about it. How you would go about it. Uh, for writing, it's all about getting into the perspective of the given character that I'm writing at that particular point in time. Uh, for game design, oftentimes it's literally just sitting down. It's just like, how the hell do I actually solve this problem? And for uh, programming, is pretty much the same thing. How do I solve this problem? Or what issue am I having? And how do I want to go about solving it? Because programming is a lot easier for me to figure out. Like, here's the problem. It's more about, like, how am I going to go about solving this problem? What tools am I going to use? So, and then pop my button now. Do some more typing. And then, bam, into another problem. Oh, I'm stand back up. <laughs> Not yours. Um, I guess for everything, um, is environmental for me. Something has to be in a nap-free environment. Well, not even that. I like being in environments where everybody else is working. Like, when I'm in college, I do a lot of my best personal work there. Like, just because I like being around other people that are working. Just environments where other people are being productive as well is an environment that makes me a lot more, like, productive. Um, Outside of that, my writing... I have to map it out in my head first. Like, I can't just sit down and start writing. Like, I need to know. I need to build the, the world for myself. Because I have certain questions on how certain things happen. Like, all right, well, how does he travel from here to there? What are the methods of travel? What are the creatures that are involved in this? And so I need to know, like, everything. Like so that why that's why like having the map designed for the world was very important for me because I need to know like before when I was just trying to create places and things like that, it nothing was tangible. So I need certain elements to be in place. You need to nail can, things down. Yeah. So before I can write, I need things to be kind of in a more concrete fashion in terms of like lore and like context for the world. What are the methods of travel? You yeah. travel by this method, which is this. And once you explain it one time, you can say, I travel by hover train to blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I've, already tra- I've already told them about hover train, so I don't need to say. All this really needs to be said is I travel by hover train. Yeah, but I needed to know that hover trains existed. Or like in my story, trains is actually the uh, main mode of transportation. And there's two types of trains, just like the ones that regular people take and shit like that. Um, and then there's like battle engines that move across the land without tracks and so there's just those two different types of trains and so but knowing that all right this is going to be the way that i operate my world because a lot of it is covered by just like large expanses of land like it's most not pop, mostly not populated is yeah mostly not populated and then also just mostly land in general compared to like water to land ratio yeah and so just things like that, I needed to understand, like, all right, how do people move around this great vast distance, things like that? How do they make it convenient? All right, is flying a thing? Um, if flying is a thing, how does that affect the world and combat? Flying and shit is like terrible. That? 
And yeah, and so those are things that like, <laughs> all right, but if flying isn't a thing, why isn't a thing? How do you like uh just as soon as you that? introduce airships or anything like that, it's just like, God damn it, I have to justify so much. See, I'm so worried about getting caught in those details. You don't because like those get... it'd be those things that slow me down. Like you don't like the minutia stuff as much as you like the you're a big picture person, mm-hmm. not a minute. I'm good with details. It's just I can get caught up in the details very easily and then try to mull over like the big thing right now that goes on is you'll see like with not movie essays, but um y'all know cinema stands. Yes. That's what I'm afraid of. Getting caught up in like, well, why didn't this thing happen? Like, nigga, it's a movie. Like you come there to suspend your belief. When you in story mode, like you come to suspend your belief. So oh, anything can yeah, happen. No, so I don't get caught up too much in like in that terms of uh mm-hmm. in writing but it's more so like for me if i introduce flight then it only makes sense for you to drop bombs on another country if you could mm-hmm. so then that changes the way that warfare is fought yeah. if i want warfare to be more individualistic then having airships kind of negates, negates that. that so that's why i have to remove it yeah because i want it to look like it has nothing to do with like any fallacy of why it doesn't exist, but I'll explain it away. So we just don't, we just don't fly here or it's very rare that someone has the capacity to fry or it's not every person. No, being up that high is going to be real dangerous. Like it's going to be real dense medical (laughs) or up there. It's just like not up there. Not fucking with it. Yeah. It's just like, you can if you want to. There was this one dude who did it. Yeah. So like he fried. But so for like, that's how I write. Like I need to know what's going on. And then like, I just right now I've been reading um, Jobless Reincarnation, the uh, light novels. And so I just finished that all nine volumes this week or so. Yeah, this week. You did the same thing that I did. You sat down and you started reading it and then you bought another one and you kept reading and you bought another one. It's just like, what do you mean I'm out of of things? Yeah, (laughs) that's exactly what happened. So I just kept buying that. But I started reading that just because I was having an issue with yes the way that i was writing before was with the intent of everything being um lost huh novelized not novelized but um artistically uh expressed as well so closer to like a manga comic something like that graphic novel so since i was writing like that there were certain things that i could leave out with the intent that they're going to be expressed through like visual cues and things like that like facial expressions shit like that when i'm writing now with the intent of it being like a light novel and having no real like imagery to go along with it outside of like a couple of pages here or there this changes it changes changes like the way that i write yeah and so i just wanted to like get a good grasp on all right how do other authors do this what are some of the different techniques? And so that's kind of what I went back to do. And that's why I started reading um, the novels, really. And that's the only reason yeah. I really bought them. And so um, it gave me a good graph. And that's how I ended up writing that, um, changing that page. And I've added um, a little bit more to that since then. And like, I'm kind of, well, I'm not stuck. I'm just working through like how I want to progress this next scene because I know where I want them to go. I'm just trying to figure out how I want how to get to them near. Well, I want to introduce some type of like conflict in the beginning of the story, but nothing like super crazy, but you know how there's always like 
something that they have to like overcome or deal with in the beginning to give like a minor hurdle. Yeah. That forces everyone to kind of come together or it really showcases <laughs> the abilities or the nature of the people that you person or people that you're dealing with. Yeah, so that's that's more so what I want to do. I want to show the nature of the main character, one of the other side characters that are, um eventually join his party and then uh one of not really an antagonist, but one of the agents of chaos. Like, there's four of them in the story that I have, and one of them just so happens to be on the same train that they're on. And so they just are doing, they just, they're not bothering them. They're also just doing random shit. But the way that the first dude is set up, it's, he's like, uh, I can't just allow this to be happening. And the agent of chaos doesn't, he's like, well, go stop it then. And so, yeah. So I know kind of what the conflict is, but I'm trying to get work out how the main character and the side character meet and like how they come to like work together and things like that. But other than that, it's more of me mapping it out of my head, playing with ideas, um, talking through things, and then coming back and then writing. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go on different things. Uh, for game design, I feel like our bags are entirely different. Because I will overcomplicate things like a motherfucker. Yeah, for me, like, <laughs> I, I don't know, I, I decide what I want to make, and I just kind of make it, like, when we want to make the card game racks. Um, we wanted, we have a couple of rules. We want an um, energy system that isn't relying on uh, RNG. Yeah, RNG and and um also drawing. So you can never like draw into being like no energy or no way to like do it. Oh, you don't you don't want to deal with flooding or screw. Yeah. Yeah. So we that was one of the main things. Energy systems are terrible. (laughs) Yeah, so that was one of the main things that we wanted inside of our um game. Where all right, it's what we still wanted to be variable, but we didn't want it to be dependent on that. So that's why we came up with the dice. So just certain things like that, we also came up, we decided, all right, what are we going to theme it on? That's where we came up with the chest and everything like that, and that's how we built out from there. And so that's kind of what I do is I create a theme and, like, a couple of, like, what I want to accomplish with it, and then I go from there. Um, the game that I sent all of you guys the other day, it was uh, Mario Party and um, a drinking game and Cards Against Humanity. So that's the overall theme for it. See, those things just come out of my head. I just have a thing that I want to do, and I'll say, can I do this thing? And then I'll be like, yeah. And it's just like, all right. <laughs> I like that internal dog. Uh, I mean, it was completely and totally random. Like, for Seraphim, I just called. I hit Jones. It's just like, hey, I got this game idea. So you want to do it? Like, what about Starbucks? And then Tony showed up while we were at Starbucks and he's just like, I want to do this. And it's just like, all right, well, here we go. And then this is the idea. And then we work through the rules. Because, like, I have to talk to people in order to get some things out of my head. That's fair. I, <laughs> That's the way I, I work. created and crafted all the rules. And then I, I keep a lot of things inside of my head, like how I was telling you on the messages, like, oh, I haven't written the rules down, and then I just immediately started writing them down in the message. I was like, well, 
the brain dump is happening. So mm-hmm. let's go ahead and go with it here. And so this is be where they're written down. I'll just copy them from here and put them where I need them to be. And so that's the first time that they were ever written down. But I've known them all the time. It's just like, I'll know what I'm doing. I'll know the rules. And the rules are anything that's kind of like boring to me mm-hmm. are just some of the harder things that I struggle with. And so that's kind of where I need like the environmental setting to be a factor. And so that's why that's important to me. But for the game design, it's mostly I come up with something random. Like I was just watching videos of people playing Mario Party and like how like how hype people were and shit like that. And just like the fact that all Mario Party is is nothing but a collection of little games that you play in the attempt to beat your opponents. I'm sorry, I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw something. So that's what that's what you get for being on social media, so mm-hmm. are we trying to share this with Ash? What? <laughs> <laughs> the caption is real dick versus dildo challenge. It's <laughs> just like scrolling down Facebook. It's just like uh, Thanks a lot, Sid. Thanks a lot. Terrible, terrible. Other than that, um podcast creation is usually an idea. Um and then building with other people to see like their perceptions and things like that, what they want to bring into it. See why are you on social media over here bringing up stuff. You gotta pay attention, sir. Over here on social media, I just be out here scrolling down. Yeah, uh huh. Making noises on the show. I don't normally make any noise. So. That's not true. You're the one that makes all the noise. It's your phone going off. Do do do. Every show, every show is you. Okay, you know you that don't okay. nothing to do with it. the fact that you said it's not me making noise on the show. That is a lie. <laughs> Quietest. <laughs> yeah, that that's the biggest lie. Like, I don't care about anything else. Why are you lying? <laughs> anyway, oh, he gonna segue out of it. That's fine. Say hamburger segue. Well, yeah, podcasting is mostly just like building with other people. Um, yeah, that's not like a too too hard of a process. Sometimes figuring out content every fucking week, it'd be like, yo, what? Yeah. That is. Uh, that's why I kind of like to make something around this one. Like when y'all said, oh, you should come over here. I don't know what I'm going to do over here. I don't have something I actually care about talking about every week. Yeah. That'd be the hardest. And then like, yeah, like you can get in the trap of just talking about the same thing over and over. Cause that can get kind of mundane, even with the spirituality stuff. I can get damn sure mundane relationships, all that stuff. So like constantly just trying to find something. Yeah, like you can get over it. Like you said, you can talk about the same thing over and over again. And you're tired of hearing yourself like, all right, bitch, we get it. But coming up with a new topic, that is, that's by far the one that's like, fuck. (laughs) What am I going to do this week? It's really, I I don't know if I got a process for that. I know I sit down a particular day and then hash it out some of them need a little bit more hashing out than others like this one needed it a little bit more so i'll just get down on like either saturday or sunday now i was leaning towards more sunday because that's just when i got the time to do it and i'll just research my topic a little bit ask the questions that i want to ask beforehand and then what's your topic for today Ooh, look at him segueing. Oh, you not finished? How <laughs> <laughs> you just gonna set up a segue like that and not use it? Yes, I'm not done. I got other stuff on my little notepad. Excuse me, sir. Wait a minute. I was like, oh, wait. I don't think it's done. What do you think you need to be the best version of yourself? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
What? Exactly. What I like how he looked at the yourself? book. He looked at the book like maybe I misspelled a word here. Yeah, like what are the things uh, that like, allow you to be the best version of you? Like, do you need to feel ooh. like comfortable in your environment? Do you need to feel like what just things like? Do you need like how? All right, so <laughs> let me like it was I guess sort of to how y'all created process was where Ash was yeah. like I need music to be around like i need certain things to be in the atmosphere for me to be like on my shit so what do you what are the certain things that you feel like you need to be like just the best version of you like in all situations like when you walk into a room and it's interview day or you walk into a room where all eyes are on you and you don't know anybody what do you think it takes for you to walk in that room feeling the most confident as the best version of Charles. Is it weird of me to think that it's actually easier when no one knows you inside of a given room than the, than the vice versa? Yeah, you can be anything you want to be. Exactly. Like, you I don't can, know me. It's just like I can weave a whole <laughs> web and just suck them in. I'd be just, hella you know, friendly when, today. When it's just like, yeah. But when I'm dealing with like, you sitting back there, it's like 31 people and you, it's just like, but what you out here doing? But even if <laughs> you ain't this charming. No, but even if no one knows you, but if you're being that charming, that would speak to that you presenting what's the best version of you. Even if you're being oh, anybody I that mean, you want to be, because you I can always be person for that given situation. But yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> but that's what I mean. So, what does that best version of you look like? Like, how do well, you get to that? Oh like, no, I'm saying that's things? gonna vary situation by situation. So sure. What do you do to get to that point where you're like, all right, this is how I got to get be here. For that given situation, I just appraise the situation and be the person and reflect back the thing that you guys, that they, I feel like they need that would lead to the best result. I, it's just like, I'm a very odd person to the point where like, I know what my personality is, but what I show people is very much like, okay, it takes a lot. In life, do you think you're, right now, do you think you're the best version of yourself? Oh, I'm the person of the person of myself that I am. I understand that that is. It's like, is this Windows ninety seven or is it Windows ninety <laughs> seven? That's what this is. It's just like, I, I, I never really think about things like that. Like, am I the best version of myself? It's just like, what does that even mean? What is the best of, like, is that the most productive version? Is that the happiest version? Is that? Damn. So you don't ever see like. You there's know, never like that. Yeah, like there's never a point where you'd be like. Self-improvement is more so just hitting a different bar for a different goal. It's like I set disparate goals, but those goals are not me. Yeah, but like, all right, so like, personally, do when you. I set the goal to be able to run for 45 minutes. Does that make me a better version of me? I don't think particularly. I so. don't think. No, so it doesn't make you a better version of you on a general standard but it could make you a better version of you to yourself. And so that's all that it matters is, do you think that I is the version of me that can only run for 30 seconds, the version that I like, or do I like the version of me that can run four miles um, and have no problem? It, it has nothing to do with anybody else. Saying, but that's the, the best version it's of just... you is the version that runs for 30 seconds. Then that's the best version of you because maybe that, equates to you having skills in some other area. So I'm not saying that it has to be one or the other. I'm just saying, what do you feel like makes the best version of you? What are the things that you want that you think like, all right, this makes me who I am. You look very uncomfortable about this very personal question. Uh, it's not really a very, <laughs> it's just something I'm inherently confused by because it's just like. I guess more to so to look at it, do you feel like there's flaws within your personality or persona or anything like that? Just look. 
I mean, everyone has flaws. I can be overly blunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can be somewhat non-personable sometimes. Uh, and do you feel the need to improve upon those flaws, or are you just like, well, this is this is what I am. Those things, but mm-hmm. I don't ever think to I not have. change it. I I don't ever because sometimes see that's the thing. It's just like I think everything is reasonable, but just not in ex- excess. So. I think that some there are some people who use overly flout who are overly kind to people, mm-hmm. and True. not because and you mislead people because you don't actually just say what they actually need to hear, and it leads to people having this overall misconception of, well, so, like sometimes like being kind is not the way, because taking a look at it, it's just like I don't know. When someone's sitting there being stone cold racist, and it's just like, well, you have to be kind to them. No, I don't. They're racist. What is wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) The way I'm posing this question is, is I had to look at it where I was lacking it. And one of the biggest things with me was my confidence. I didn't really have the confidence to go after the things that I really wanted. And I was just on autopilot a lot of the times. And that's one of the things Tony taught me is just, it's not really about anybody else. It's kind of about what you want. That is the thing that makes me best is people around me that just have achieved things or how they move through life. Like I said, they, none of none of you two are just like, do this, Ash. <laughs> it's always just kind of just watching and admiring how y'all move. Like you teach me a lot about empathy. Like sometimes I got to cool it with the whole fuck this, fuck that. It's like just having more compassion and seeing it from a different perspective. I've learned that from Charles. So I always have to be around people that I can learn from and I can look up to and respect to. If I don't see those things, I can't be the best possible version because there's nothing to obtain. There's nothing to go to the next level for. Um, if you just, if, and it's not to say like, I'm not going to hang out with you if you're just not deep in all these other things or anything like that. I'll leave, I'll meet you at your level and we can just have fun. But where I grow to be my best self is people that I can look up to. And be like, all right, well, <laughs> when I quit my job, I was like, what would Tony do? And Tony would have quit a long time ago. Yeah, he just put it in. It's that really like, was the thing. Like, all right, I can do this. It's just like, what would Tony do? I would have quit it. Yeah, like, it would have been like. The moment you started feeling like, I don't want to be here. Yeah, like, it was December when I started feeling like that. And then April was the day, or March, or it was like, all right, I'm for all you. As far you put. You spent five months longer there than you should. Yeah, I don't have to tell you. <laughs> like, hey, I think I hate this. <laughs> I'm a qu- hey, I'm quitting right, y'all. We have a meeting. <laughs> I'm gonna quit my job. Yeah. So things might get a little tight for us, but I'm I'm quitting. I'm not gonna be there anymore. <laughs> yeah. I don't like this. So we'll things like that, like, <laughs> like decisiveness and just moving forward. Like I always thought best when I can just look at people and see their examples and get to that point. I've always been like very learnable i'm always trying to learn that's something i can never shake and so that's just that's what make me the best person to me i have to be able to learn from the people that i'm around and everybody's learnable everybody's i can learn from anybody i can learn from the the bitches that just want to have fun and learn like need to let go sometimes and just have some mindless ass fun and I can learn from learn y'all. You can and you can learn from Adele. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that. I guess for me, the reason um, I 
I guess I said it would allow you to be the best version of yourself is because um, personally, I'm always striving to be better. Yeah. Like, do I think that I'm inherently like a terrible person? No. But do I recognize that I have flaws? Yes. I'm also probably out of the three of us, they're probably the most self-critical. Mm-hmm. Like, I recognize a lot. And I'm like, all right, all of this has to change. Like, I'm constantly trying to work on something. And so for me, it's just like, I don't ever think that I've reached the pinnacle of, like, of being or existence. There's always something that I could be working on. And so I think that my best self is a self that's striving for something higher. Yeah. Not necessarily this self that is at this plateau or doing this specific thing, but the self that is working to be better. That's when I'm at my best self, when I'm actually doing the work. Because there's times when I'm not doing the work. Let me not lie. Like Tony might be thinking about it and shit like that, or but he's not really doing the work, and so it's like, eh, you you saying you want to be your best self, but right now you really just like chilling, or like the times when I know that I should be working out and shit like that because that's my personal goal, but I'm just choosing to like allow like my lethargy and shit like that to get in the way. That's me not being at my best self. So I know that my best self is me striving for more. Yeah. No, I can agree. Not necessarily at any particular place, like you were saying, like, oh, I got to be able to run this, but just like working towards things. Like when I'm actually doing the work for shit, that's when I'm at my best self. And so I guess that's what I more so mean, where it's like, when do I feel like I'm actually doing the things that I need to be doing? Where it's not like a particular, like, oh, I need to be writing every single day and doing this. Am I trying to do shit? Am I working towards things? Am I actually putting genuine effort towards shit? If that's a yes, then the actual, like, relative goals that I've put out there and me sitting at a plateau to be like, ha, I can run four miles in 25 minutes, which is actually kind of trash. I could run four miles in 22 minutes. That's actually really good because that's more than a 4K. A 5K, excuse me. But yeah, I could do that. That's like, that's kind of lording shit over people. That For what? It's about a five minute mile. I feel like I got to give myself more credit because I feel like I'm not the same person that I was before. And I feel like I've grown a lot. And me sitting down and thinking about the person that I was to the person I grown in town, I'm, I'd be just proud of myself. Like, <laughs> I only had to tap my hand once to get some shit, right? <laughs> but I'm pretty proud of who I've become. I don't know if we give ourselves enough credit to say, well, damn. You know, who I was at 25 or 26, even 27, I'm not that same person. And I'm proud that I, like, learned from those things. Oh, yeah. I definitely got to take pride because the person that I was at, like, y'all know that I wanted to be a whole ass vagrant and just travel to random countries and do nothing mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. So I'm much more pleased with the Tony that's like, all right, I want to be like focus and work towards things and like have real goals because that Tony was like ah fuck the world I hate everything people are really boring I really don't want to do anything but fuck women see the country see the world and not have any responsibilities and so that was the way that I was trying I was like ah 
That's probably not the best Tony that I could be out here. <laughs> it is a version of Tony it that is. I could be. We can be this. But, just but is this what you really want? Yeah, is this what's calling for you? Yeah, <laughs> like. Over your yeah. <laughs> like, what are you? I'm hobo, Tony. Right. I was definitely about to be that because I was like, I, I make enough money just living as long as I don't get a car or anything. Like, I won't have a car. I won't have car insurance. I won't have any of those other bills. So I'll have a cell phone bill. Cell so. A, a satellite phone bill and then I'll be just living Places. in hostiles and hotels and engaging with the local people and trying to learn different languages and engaging in different cultures and that's it. That's all I plan to do for the rest of my life. It seems really dope, but it's also wild. Meaningless. Yeah, like yeah, there's no me, nothing. Yeah, you like, not contributing uh, to you, shit. You gonna come back and be like, I can speak fifty three different languages reasonably. But well. what does that serve in the greater purpose of things? What can you do? Uh, what do you mean, do now? Um, especially if he just wanted to. I could see if he was like this, and then I want to teach the children of America how to speak Mandarin. No, he wasn't doing none of that. No, he I don't want to. I really. Yeah. I, mean, I probably wasn't coming back. I, I, mean, I, I, who are you? I mean, I am all for adding things to the greater good, but I can also look at it like. No one really has to be satisfied with the quality of your life except for you. Okay, that is so, true. But true, but I wouldn't have been satisfied with that. Because yeah, I know that's what the I, point. The fact, yeah, the I fact knew what I you, really wanted, and I knew I was like, ah, this is going to be used between six months to a year in every single country that you live in. That's going to be, that's a decent amount of time. Mm-hmm. If you So if I go, because I plan to go to Japan, so I'm going to spend at least a year in whatever city I live in. And then I might just move to another city and live there for a year because I want to be... I hate tourism. Tourism is trash. I don't like to go places on tour and do that. That's what? like you end up at the Seattle Space Needle. Yeah. My <laughs> fucking God. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh. It's like, Sorry, there's so much right. better thing. That's it's like, at least you're not trying to take me to go see no goddamn gum wall. No, you're not going to go see this fucking gum wall. Too. That shit look nasty. I'm not the going to the gum wall. That I'm not mad that my mother wanted to go see was like the troll under the bridge. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Like there's this giant troll sculpture under one of the bridges in Seattle. There's also a city up under Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't care about seeing the city under Seattle. That, Why would we want to go see this? That like, seems like that would have a real homeless problem. Everybody that wants to see, that wants to come to Seattle wants to see the city under Seattle. That seems like there will be a lot of homeless people. I don't know what's down there. I've never gone. I tell them no. I'm not sure. <laughs> That's y'all got me for the that space. sounds like y'all serious. got me for some of these, but they would get me for the space needle because that was like something they were not coming off of. But I was also not going to the so, underground city. That sounds that, that sounds like there's a serial killer down there. I don't or know, some type of like monster. I said, there's I have no idea what's in this underground city. But technically, the city of Seattle was built on top of it, and I don't understand that a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also none of my business, so I don't go see it. Oh, I wouldn't go see. That something inside of Seattle. That sounds like a terribly useful thing to have there. Because it's like there are cities inside of America that continuously think. think I think Chicago's one of those. And now Seattle has like an undercity. And having an undercity is useful because narratively, it's like, oh man, I can put some evil stuff down there. And say it's just fine because they live in the undercity. It's just like, why is there a troll living in Seattle? Yeah, so it says Seattle has a secret underground city that burned down secret. in 1889. <laughs> like it's silly. The city was then rebuilt on top of the old ruins, 
there are still open to witches are still open to tours today. No, I'm not going to the city that burnt down that y'all built on. Why would I want to? No. It sounds like um, how you get ghosts, right. zombies, so yeah, a plethora of things. Seattle is built on a burnt town, but whatever. None of my business. But yeah, so no. Fine, I would always fine. have to go there. But no, I don't never want to be a tourist. So I like living. And especially since I've moved around the country so much and been able to live different places and recognize the difference of all right, you're visiting a place in which you get to see and experience versus I've lived here for a while and the way that the people engage you, the way that they treat you after a while because you become a familiar face, how how their friendliness works. Like in Seattle, there's a Seattle freeze. So people really don't speak to you and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their headphones on. But I would go to this gas station, not even this gas station, this is like a little grocery store literally right across the street from my house. So I would go there every single day to get Swishers eventually after time like they started having conversation and everything knowing what you're getting stuff like that you don't really got to show your id but it wasn't as friendly as it would be out here but it was still more than what you would get if you were just some random face but you wouldn't have got that and i would have never known that all right their shells do break as well and you can have engagement and have some type of discourse it's not going to be a lot you might throw one joke out there and that's going to be the end of the conversation but you're, you're gonna, gonna be able to West level conversation. Oh, not at all. You're not gonna get that at all. But you're gonna be able to get some type of like human connection. But you're never gonna know that if you don't live out there. I imagine trying to date people out there is probably the most frustrating thing ever. It's just like, so how do you feel? <laughs> I'm enjoying myself. You ain't talked to me in like 30 minutes. <laughs> like, what are you doing? You have so it's it was dumb. Um, I'm just gonna start poking. But, why, why are you poking me in the fourth? Are you still alive? If you like black women, being a black man, you'll do really well out there. So, uh, a lot of the black men out there are only fucking with what they consider foreign women, shit like that. So they don't really give a lot of black women a lot of, uh, a lot of time, of day. time of day. Yeah, and this is coming from black women, not from my mouth this is what i was oh uh, i mean it's not even like you could really you could observe yeah no I mean, <laughs> like why aren't any of you yeah no but no, <laughs> literally when i got there and i was talking to black women and everything like that they're like we thought that was really weird that you were like into us because most black guys be out here looking for like foreign women i was like well i'm from california so seeing women that are exotic looking i guess is what you want to call them which i no, it just means the that novelty you came from worn, like a different country. Um, the novelty is worn off a lot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I grew up. My best friend is um, Mexican. He has two sisters. The people I grew up next to was a Mexican family that had like three girls in that family, and I had crushes on all of them. So no, I've been through that phase. It was it was cool, but I'm here with my women. Come on. Come, come to me. Come to so, me. So no, I did great because if you like black women and you're a black guy, you do really well. But I don't I wouldn't so even understand going out there and just yeah, so. like no, I don't know. I just wouldn't go out there and say I'm not gonna date black women hey, here. If that's hey. who I end up dating, that's who I end up dating. People if I are dating some people are Chinese girl out there somewhere. I'm just letting girl. you know that hey, <laughs> if you're making it known for them, you're doing pretty well. So but I don't want to do anything. I like living at places, and so I would live everywhere for at least a year or so, just so I could experience things. And especially if I'm trying to learn a language, I need to be there for a while. It's easier if you're immersed in it. Yeah, that's and also why I want to live there, so I can 
start speaking Japanese or Chinese, wherever I go, I'm gonna be able to just like eventually kind of communicate and understand what's going on. I don't even care about writing it or reading it, none of that. I just want to be able to like, as we're having a conversation, know what's going on. Things like that. But yeah, so that that wasn't the best version of myself. So that's what I mean. I need to be working towards something because that Tony was working towards absolutely nothing. Yeah, that autopilot shit. That's how I define all that shit between like 20 to 25. It was just autopilot. As long as I'm not sitting there being melancholy, Charles, balled up in a ball in the bed, I'm fine. I feel like I'm making more forward progress than it. That's weird as fuck. I don't see how you just be like, no, everything's okay. What? No, it's not. Oh, oh no. It's not that I think it's okay. It's like I have to get the centrifugal, there's centrifugal force times where I have to get going. And it's just like, I just can't get the energy to move forward. It's like there's too much mass for the amount of energy that I can actually exert. Yeah, no, see, I I need to stay in constant motion. Like, that's what makes me feel like my best self. Like, like Ash tells me all the time, you can take a break. You don't have to work all the time. And I'm like, nah, but I do. <laughs> and it's because that's just how I naturally feel fulfilled is mm-hmm. when I'm working towards things, when I'm striving for more, I feel better. When I'm not doing anything, I'm thinking about the fact that, well, you not you ain't doing shit. And so if I'm just going to sit there and beat myself up mentally about not doing anything, I'd rather actually be doing the things that I could be doing than sitting there thinking, well, hey, you could have did all of this. And you ain't do nothing but bullshit. Yeah. And waste your See, day. I, that was a mode before I started really working for myself. I did not understand. I'm a big, I take two hours for me to get out of bed in the morning. I will lay there and not... It don't give a fuck. I'll sit there on my phone and just be like, well, guess is. But then also, I cannot afford to do that anymore. And then now that I'm understanding of you a little bit better, you're like, there's something that needs to be done. Now <laughs> It's hard to turn that fucking shit off. But usually when I do, it's like, what helps me with that is I take inventory of what I did and be like, well, this is what you can give a situation. Go somewhere and chill out for a second. Because if I get overworked, I get crabby and I start getting headaches and shit and that's not happening to me no more. So that's the one thing that I do appreciate. I don't really deal with like burnout or overwork. Mm-hmm. Like I don't ever like, that's why I like me going to Vegas had nothing to do with me needing a break. Yeah. That was just a good uh, situation and a cheap ticket. But yeah. also I had to realize like I overwork myself in the spiritual sense too, where we had, I think, yeah, it was about last year, me and a group of, like, friends that I talked to on the spiritual tip was talking about how it's literally a 24-hour thing because when I go to sleep, I'm busy trying to decode my dreams. And then when I wake up, I have to meditate. I have to write now. It's like a 24. And then I feel bad when I'm not, like, putting in that effort to that. So I understand where you're coming from, where it's like, I could be doing something else right now that contributes to my spiritual growth and it don't turn off. It don't. But then it was like, well, give yourself a fuck, give yourself a pat on the back for how far you have come. Like, think about how lucky you are that you in this place where you get to have this introversion to challenge yourself. I um, attempt to. Yeah. So sometimes I'd be like, all right, you've done this and this and this. And then the other work, be like, 
Boy, where do you want to be? <laughs> Sometimes, and I'd be like, you right. Jordan Peterson right. was talking about that. He and just I was like, let me just go ahead and <laughs> stop trying to argue because you're right, and I know you're right because yeah, I did this, but realistically, this ain't shit in the totality of what I want it to look like. So yeah, if I want it to look like that, am I going to be satisfied with this, or am I going to go through that? All right, well, let me go ahead and go towards that. So I always argue with myself. And be like, boy, if you don't stop talking to me about what you done did. <laughs> yeah, I, Jordan Peterson was talking about that. He's talking about his new book. And he was like, I thrive on 16-hour workdays or 12-hour workdays. Like, he was like, it's <sighs> really something like that. Yeah. And then I had to put it in the spiritual perspective for me. I thrive on doing that shit all the time. Like, if you tell me not to, it's like... <laughs> like it's like this weird like I can't though it's just something to me that's just always something to do in that area so oh, yeah, that's I understand I, I that I'm getting 8 hours of sleep nah, nah for me I like they said 16 hours like I just why I do the stocks I'm doing I'm trying to do so many just I'm always doing a lot because mm-hmm. I need to be doing it it makes me more productive it makes me more efficient because as I'm doing it I'm recognizing alright where's fat trim the fat, recycle, do this way. And it just makes me more efficient. It's just, I don't know. I don't like sleeping. But also, like I said, like, is wonderful. so Boy, I'll sleep. explain why I don't why like we sleeping. we not sleeping right now? <laughs> I like, so if I can go to sleep where I don't feel myself drift off, then it's cool. But you ever fall asleep where you feel like your body's shutting down, but your mind's still a little bit active and it's about to like go dark too? Oh, I don't. I mean, they, yes, I've had this, I've lingered at an edge where it's like, my body is definitely asleep. But brain, what you out here doing? I'm still <laughs> listening, to, I'm still processing this whole audio. Brain, what you out here like, doing? like, are you out here still doing this? <laughs> and it, no, it's not even that. It's, it's so it's, it's right there on the edge of sleep, body is asleep, brain is, but brain is there and it's also shutting itself down now and everything is going dark. I hate that feeling. I don't like that feeling because I don't like the feeling of no longer being able to control my body because since my brain is active, I'm like, well, shit, move my hands up in my eyes. <laughs> don't none of that shit do anything. Don't fall so I half the time I just fall fall stone asleep. Oh, yeah, stone. so this nigga be falling asleep. I just be like, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No. So sometimes I boom. I just mean, like y'all just take melatonin. So that means I feel like your experience with sleep might just be different experience with sleep well so most of the times i do just boom i don't like a light like that mm-hmm. but there's times where i'll be like laying down and i'm not necessarily trying to fall asleep and my body is just relaxing it's like all right we're going to bed and it's just like this slow decline and then i recognize that oh shit i can't move any of my body my brain is still active and i can't see anything and it's dark and what the fuck is this that happens to me no, when I'm stressed. Move. No, no, no. Sleep paralysis is when you wake up and your eyes are open, but none of your body moves. This is the opposite. I'm falling asleep and no, recognizing that, that oh I'm, shit, yeah. I'm falling asleep and, and then I can't your shit right back up. Oh, I hate that. I force myself. Like, oh, no, no we're going I to fucking... move. It's like a whole, I have internal willpower battles with myself. Like, no. no. Mm. I be trying to go to sleep and then it be like open your eyes we're not not going into this darkness I be trying I be so mad I know what you're talking about no it's the opposite get up now Uh, no I can will myself awake I've never really like been just falling into that Mm -hmm. I always will myself awake because I refuse and then I don't go to sleep for a while because that shit 
just not make me happy. I hate that shit. So, what the fuck is you talking about? So, my brain is trying to keep me the fuck awake. Nigga, I am sleepy. Everyone is against you right now. No, what are you talking about? Why don't you think up? about that random thing that you didn't think hey, about? No, my fuck brain you. is awake and my body is tripping. Get up. Get no, your I lazy ass ev- No, up, fuck right? that. I hate Open that part. Your goddamn you eyes. want to be awake. I am trying to fight that bitch. Like, who are you? Where did you come from? We not cool no more. If I see you on the street, you get jumped. No, totally nigga, I'm trying to go to bed. You over here talking about what I could have done with my life 10 years ago? Fuck you. How about so, that? No, I'm not doing that. That part I'm actively against. Yeah, no. I, 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 sleep is trash. Sleep is the most um, horrible thing you can do with your day. Oh my God, let me get sleepy right now. We can, <laughs> I'm get sleepy right now. Yeah, I see. Don't that we sound good? Sleepy before we go to your topic. <laughs> Come on, let's go to bed, everybody. No, 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 let's have a nap podcast. That's going to be lit, ain't it, Charles? No. Y'all just go to sleep. Tony's going to be sitting here. It's just like. Y'all don't wake up. You don't kick us out. Get the fuck up. Get out of my house. <laughs> Look at that. Y'all gonna nap. Y'all might, y'all can at least go to hell home. That is so else. funny. But also, don't kick me, please. Get out of my house right now. Anyway. Both of you. Since both of y'all like to fight. You ready to fight? Yeah, I've got this book called The Warrior Within with Bruce Lee. And I thought it'd be cool to talk about what it means to be a warrior. Uh, I guess my first question would start off for two. Two. When you do your jujitsu, did they teach you anything that's more, is it more like of a mental thing? Do they teach you like for you or that's for you personally? Do you do it for just for self-defense or is it more so like, I guess like how Brucey was taught his way of thinking <clears throat> was how it's more so in the mind than it is more so of a physical thing. So yeah, Charles. Uh, did you guys know the girls' compartment is not accurately named because no one keeps gloves in there? I hate you. <laughs> I hate that's you. That's not the answer to my question. I hate you. Why do you hate me? I hate you. <laughs> Why do you hate me? That's my fucking question. God damn you. Nigga <laughs> <laughs> said, "Did you know that the girls' And he like, started it out so like, "Oh, wait a minute." Should it be like a file compartment? What do you want it to be called, Charles? Uh, I, your registration compartment because that's where everyone keeps their car registration. I mean. What is talking? Oh my god! Ha <laughs> 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 It wasn't just me. <laughs> Look at Charles, so happy. Uh, I hate both of y'all. It started out to be more of a physical thing, oh, whoa, it became more of a mental thing. Because as you as you begin to excel at something, it's once you're physically beginning, it's just the hokey pokey. Mm-hmm. Once you get past the beginning, it's all about application. Applications is all inside of your mind. So, yeah, I mean, I'm a pretty simple guy, and I just be out here like, like, after I made it to green belt, and then when I made it to blue, mm-hmm. like, as you get further inside of things, it becomes more and more about teaching people as opposed to uh, learning yourself, mm-hmm. and that's actually a terrible hurdle for me, because I can't teach people shit. Like, that is a habitual weakness of mine. I mean, I can't teach no one nothing. It's like, <laughs> they not learning nothing. Open well, up. my problem more so is, have you ever heard someone who described something in sound effects? And it's just like, <laughs> why don't you just go like swoosh? And you just look at them like, 
<laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Nigga, huh? <laughs> Why don't you go like swoosh? That's like artists describing sounds and colors and needing someone to be able to decode that shit. Um, excuse me, sir. Oh my gosh. No. What color is that? <laughs> I want it to feel blue <laughs> and orange. Baby. You want it to feel blue and orange? <laughs> yes. <laughs> No. Yes, and that's how I, sometimes I get caught up describing things. It's just like, <laughs> like you need to just go do this. What? What? If you told me to go swoosh, I kick you, <laughs> and then would ask you, "Is that right?" I mean, depending upon what you did, it might be exactly. Nah, you got to like, <laughs> like that's it, watch out. Go, see, go you swoosh. Like swoosh. <laughs> right, you got to show me swoosh. <laughs> oh, it's just like I just can't always. Because, like, the way I learned the art is I didn't learn the same way a lot of other people learned. I jumped all the way off the deep end. And most people went, like, once once a week, maybe twice sometimes. I would go twice to, like, I would go one day in the afternoon, and I would spend, like, half a day the next day there. So it would be pretty much like, all right, I'm spending 12 hours or 15 hours a week doing karate. So, oh, so you turned it into a part-time job. Right? <laughs> Because that's what I do. I don't know if you guys have figured this out about me, but when I jump off the deep end in something, I am all the way off the deep end. Well, I support that. <laughs> so it's just like, oh, you want to learn karate? Uh, I got this going. What? I need to catch up and stand. All right. What you about to do? Dude, I've been doing this for like two years longer than you do. Uh-huh. I'm going to be here every single day. <laughs> the yeah. problem was Stan was there just as much as I was. <laughs> so it was just like... <laughs> We out here running. I'm running this race, and I'm, I'm trying to catch up to him. But this is like, God damn it! Why don't you just like not show up? <laughs> I mean, you're basically doing the same thing I did. Oh, well, let alone I'm I look at everybody else who's around me. It's just like, so you don't care about the fact that you just dusted all of us. Y'all don't matter. I was trying to catch that. <laughs> <laughs> My goal was set. Y'all are not the goal, but you know. What about you with boxing, right? I mean, is it more so at that? Lifting weights. Lifting weights, anything. Uh, anything we have to engage in combat. Because I know you said your grandfather taught you how to do it. So I didn't know how seriously you took that. Air Force close quarters combat. Yeah, anything mm-hmm. dealing with combat. <laughs> CQC training. So I've done boxing. I've done a little MMA training. I would say most of that has just been purely physical. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to fight. Yeah, MMA and CQC is not about the Warriors' way. I don't believe in that either. What? You don't believe about the war? You don't believe the Warriors' way? What is the Warriors' way, guys? Uh, It's pretty much a thought process that is, for the most part, adapted from the art of war. Mm -hmm. But you believe in the art of war, which is very odd. Yes, explain. I don't believe in anything that is restrictive about the warrior way all of the means to destroy but the morality aspect of it i don't engage in how do you just so means you see example this is your only childisms uh not beating up on people who are weaker than you are so you don't believe in that (laughs) it's just like yeah. That's fucked up. <laughs> it's just like the only thing I can get behind is not hitting women and children. Outside of that, though, just if you happen to be weaker than me, but you were running your mouth and I gave you the warning, stop fucking talking to me. 
This is not even really about the warning. It's also understanding like certain things about escalation of force. Understanding is just yeah, like, like I don't have to take it there, mm-hmm. but I'm going to. Mm-hmm. So now I don't believe in the warrior way, but I do wholly subscribe to the art of war because the art of war, while the warrior way is derivative of the art of war, the art of war is about wholly crushing your enemy. Mm-hmm. Whereas the warrior's way added some, it's like some, the difference between being a sam. It's like the art of war is definitely interested in being a samurai, but there's some also morality things that are part of being a samurai that are not. It's like he he would look at them and be like, "What's wrong with y'all? Why y'all out here so adding? Like, life is hard enough as it is. Why are you adding all these restricting? It's like a samurai to a ninja. Mm-hmm. They're both going to use tactics, techniques, and things like that, and they might follow along some of the similar lines but where the samurai is like nah we don't do this this is not how we conduct battle the ninja is like this is how we can get this objective completed bet let's go ahead and do that another example of a word of creed is like chivalry which a lot of people don't understand a lot of about chivalry because it's like oh, yeah, a lot of chivalry is, has to do with to the do conduct with, of knights yeah it has way more it was chivalry is about knights behaving themselves and not raping women <laughs> depending upon the circumstances <laughs> no dead ass because knights were really like repressed and like sexually well I don't know if repressed is the correct word knights had a lot of power but also a lot of aggression they were lords yeah they were lords <coughs> and a lot of aggression and so the way that they conducted themselves with women was very aggressive and uh, abusive so that's-, that's where chivalry came in it's a way to give them a way to conduct themselves that still like abided their class abided their class and fed into their their ego still it's like being chivalrous it's like that and there's a lot of like like okay when you would drink wine as opposed to when you would drink spirits as opposed to when you would drink tea and so on and so forth what you offer someone it's a lot of the things it became a code for men to kind of figure out some of the things that women inherently just kind of knew about social cues. Yeah. Because the niggas weren't good at social cues at all. It's just like... Or behaving themselves. <laughs> it's just well, like, that's what did you just give really me milk? About, I would have like, stabbed you in the throat. Yeah, so like this whole, uh, this is what chivalry is now today, opening doors and just being generally nice is has nothing to do with what chivalry was created for. Okay. It was because nice were out here to police themselves and yeah. being on civilers mm. and then then the code of chivalry kind of started weaving into what a knight was and then if you were uncivilous you could lose quote unquote lose your knighthood yeah so even though they were definitely still out there raping women in time oh, if you were invading someplace else they, rape completely and totally yeah okay. but in your society you couldn't just like be yeah, a women like you still had to be like treat them differently okay yeah, so that's where chivalry and shit like that came from, which I don't know how we got on this. Oh, we're oh. talking about fighting. Oh, um, Warriors' Creeds. Warriors' Creeds. I was like, how do we get to chivalry? But yeah, so that was another Warriors' Creeds is chivalry that people are really familiar with, but also have no idea what it's really about. Okay. It's like, but I, again, that chivalry in this context today, I'm cool with. I guess like, chivalry in this context before I agree with, because I mean, I'm not violent towards women, but I don't care about any of the other, like, like maim rather than cripple, cripple rather than kill, the escalation of force thing. Hurt, well, hurt rather than maim, maim rather than cripple, cripple rather than kill is kind of a fundamental tenet, tenet of a lot of martial arts because you don't want to use more force than is necessary 
to restrain someone. And with the art of warriors, it's crushed completely. Mm-hmm. The problem with today's society is crushing completely is what's brought down upon. That's but generally for the reason most part crush literally completely it's like crush completely will be someone comes in here so or someone walks up and says I'm gonna punch you in the face and then you just shoot him three times in the, in the face it's just like the theory is uh, enemy left to don't hunt what you can't kill mm-hmm. if you like you go hunting for a bear and you can't kill that bear that bear is like to kill you so you don't hunt what you can't kill so that's why you said a general rule is also you don't leave people to come back and now become your hunter. You just leave the enemies around when you just leave shit out like that, like they do. So but in the business world, you can see people crush completely in terms of uh you destroyed their entire business, they have no market share, they're poor and on the street. Facebook works um very big on the crush completely um, theory. How they um, adapt and take any social media's um, idea. idea way of um, doing things. Like how they basically co-opt to Snapchat. No, no one really uses Facebook. They use Instagram. Yeah. Instagram is owned by fucking... Yeah, I understand. So that. it's the same thing. And so that's what because that's what they, all they did was turn Instagram into a Snapchat. more polished Snapchat. Uh, Twitter, Jack Dorsey um, conducts it like Twitter is going to have a um, clubhouse feature. So, do you think well, all the yeah. people that are on Twitter are going to now leave Twitter to go to clubhouse or where they can get to just talk or where they can now just be where they can tweet and talk? Well, with the nature of influencers. It is easier to do it when you already have a large imprint. So most people already have a large Twitter. So if you're running a clubhouse on Twitter, will probably attract more people, which will get you more money. Yep. And so that so that's how businesses operate on the art of war and crush completely. Mm-hmm. And so, but that's also how I operate, where the war code leaves for like, oh no, they did a little smacky smack, and so you give them a little smacky smack. No, you threw a rock at me. I'm gonna blow your whole shit up. So you never do it again, ever, ever again. And everybody else that looks around, like, damn, that rock to Bob escalation was crazy. Let's leave him alone. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, but working out has, like, lifting weights, that's a very mental thing for me. Um, mm-hmm. I do a lot of thinking then. Um, At least to me, it is. I don't know why. It was just like, lift heavy thing, lift heavy thing. All I'm doing is counting and lifting. Yeah, I mean, I'm counting, I'm lifting, but I'm also fully focused on, like, which muscles are being engaged. Like, I do a lot of, like, I enjoy freelifting. I don't like working on stabilizing machines. It doesn't allow your yeah, smaller complementary muscles to, like, yeah. get anything. Because it's just solely targeted on this one area, so you don't have to compensate with balance and things like that for the real world. So I, but I can feel all of that. So I like to be able to feel my body fully engaged. I like the progress. I like the mental, like, thought process I go through of preparing workouts and like, all right, I'm going to eat better or just the whole just like mental shift that I have when I'm lifting and things like that versus the times when I'm like not lifting. 
So it's a much more like mental endeavor because I can get the physical, just like I've said, but that isn't really what like drives me in that aspect. It's more of like a mental uh, stimulus for me. Also, I do a lot of thinking while I'm lifting weights and running and things like that. So it also helps me like be pretty clear of mind. No one really bothers you while you're working out. So it's a time where I can Unless just like, you're a woman. I feel so sorry for women when they're working out at the gym. They do is be just be like, hey, yo. What's we out here doing? Yeah, that would be horrid. <laughs> so I've seen somebody take some this woman's headphone off to talk to her. Like, so what you doing? It's just like <laughs> what? I, it's just like I literally had to stop and say, "What are you? What are you doing?" That's like a giant violation. I had to. I could only laugh, but it wasn't really funny because it's just like I don't know if you like. Look at her face. She is terrified right now. Because <laughs> she had no idea that you were there because you were talking to somebody with noise canceling headphones on. That's fucked up. You didn't have a tap her on the cell. Hey, you didn't do anything hey. to actually attempt to get this woman's attention. You could have walked in front of her, waved your hands. No, you wanted this immediate satisfaction. Why do you feel Woo. like you have the agency? That was the wild thing. That is crazy. It's just like so... And, I'm looking around like the women thought it was wild and the dudes were just kind of like <laughs> so like no one else is going but no one with any kind of power to necessarily stop this is paying attention to this. Oh my god. Then, like what are you gonna say? What are you gonna like a woman says that's not cool. Girl, <laughs> go back to her, shut up. So coming up to me. I'm in the Girl, you got a fat old ass. It's and, just like, what? You know, like, that's like you coming up in the lab trying to think how, like, how are they to listen to my life? If I'm sitting at the library reading a book and somebody just come up and just pull my headphones off. Like, what you read? What you doing? <laughs> Who are you? That's <laughs> Why are you touching me? Look at the fuck. Yeah, no, no. That's <laughs> fucking hilarious, but also mildly creepy. It's just like, I like fighting because I think it's more like a physical chess match. Mm-hmm. It, it is a physical chess match. Even when, like, I like also fighting people that are bigger than me. That's all small people. Um, <laughs> if I can do a decent job and farewell in a situation where a, a fighter is proficient and also significant heavier than me nigga just my weight don't really have a too much of a chance yeah it's you have to be careful about the thing about like that I always deal with is I am always trying to fight something one that's about my same size because I don't I can get stuck into fighting small people and when you get stuck fighting small people a lot you just assume that you always have a reach advantage and that's how you end up getting kicked or hit oh oh see and that's why I like fighting I like to know that all right you might have longer arms than me I might need to get in closer I might need to be able to take a punch from somebody that has a lot more power than me like just things like that also it's just for me it's more of a, a mental chess match when I'm sparring like it's all right how do you counter this how do you get out of this like me and Chris do a lot of that and I have a much better like stand-up game um than Chris does but once we're on the ground he's much more technically sound in terms of wrestling I'm good at defending myself and like 
at one point I could muscle out of certain things. Like Stan put me in an arm bar. He couldn't get it all the way locked in. It was extended, but I had enough power to just grab him and lift him and myself all the way up and slam him on the ground with my arm. So I've overpowered instead of technically getting out of it in skill ways like that, which my arm was sore for like a week because it's high. You just lift, you just lifted the entire arm. Like yeah, the yeah. cost benefit <laughs> of that is just like I slammed him on, on his back. It's just like you stabbed him, slap you slammed him on the largest surface area that's on the entire body. So that was all displaced more than likely. Yeah. So it's just like <laughs> your entire like. I am taught to fall directly on my back. What I needed to do wasn't to do damage. It this was to get my arm out yeah, of here. This is terrible. That's what I, did. <laughs> I jostled him enough that my arm is now slipped. And now you got to stand back up and fight me on uh, your two well, feet. I don't like being down there. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I, I recognize that's where I'm, my weaker uh, game is at, is on the ground. I recognize my stand up game is pretty solid. I have really good reflexes, so like me getting out of the way of hit, being hit is really good. I also can take a punch. Like I've been hit dead in my face and knock my head back, and I I'm ready to fight. The only time I've ever kind of like blacked out a little bit and like legs buckled in the quick like recatching myself is when I was fighting this dude Larry. It was I was eighteen, and we wasn't really fighting. Because I want to preface that because where I'm going to say this happened that was at Home Depot in the break room. And he was my manager. Larry's about a good 350. Big Hulk. He used to play football. Big hulking ass nigga. 350, <laughs> about 6'2, 6'3. Just a big round. So he took his whole fist, bong on the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> That's some I cartoon mean, shit. I understand <laughs> because I was good at getting in close. Once I get in close, I'm really good at targeting your kidneys. And that's where I'm going to hit you. I'm going to get in close and hit you right in the body, right in your kidneys. Because I'm trying to drop you. You're not going to know that you're about to drop from this body shot. But you're going to hit the ground and you're going to be real confused. He wouldn't drop, but he could feel it. And it did not feel good. <laughs> so, so I got in there and gave him a couple of So he got of you them. with the spike from Tom and Jerry? Yeah. So <laughs> I got in close, gave him a couple of those, and he just bombed right on the top of my head. Damn. All I know is my legs were like that. <laughs> I lost vision for a second. And then catch myself. He's like, oh, shit, you all right? He know he also my manager, and we probably shouldn't be fighting in the break room, and you bombed me on the top of my head, and I black out for a second. That also should not be the thing that's happening right now. But I love that is my nigga right to this day. Like, if anybody ever needed a job, like if y'all was out, y'all asked y'all needed a job at Home Depot, I can call him and y'all gonna have a job. Like, he gonna make sure that my people are good. Like, I love that man. Might only be 25 hours a week, but you gonna have a job. Yeah, you gonna get a job and he gonna try and get you more hours and ask you to stay late if you can. Like, he gonna do as much as he can for you because he got a lot of pull in that building. And that's how I had a lot of pool because of that man right there. But no, we were also fighting in the break room. And that's the only time I've ever kind of blacked out. But if you're not full force with like and a, and a giant hitting me on the top of my head, I'm all right. Like bigger niggas have hit me in the face. And it's like, oh, okay, so you hitting people in the face lip. is a terrible. Well, one, hitting hitting anyone in the face with your fist is terrible. Because one, the more likelihood that you're going to actually break the extraneous parts of your like. I I'm hit only have a fist. Jaw is what you it's like do. used to hit him like right on the button. There they go. Right there, right there, right there. All of this stuff. Oh no. What he did was open my car door and hit me twice. <laughs> yeah. 
I was sitting when I got hit. <laughs> I should have been slumped. What I did was hop out the car because now fuck it, we, it's on. But but yeah, no. So I've been hit in the face on on some crazy situations where it's like, oh, all right, well. So I know my glass, my jaw is in glass. So other than that, I enjoy the the thrill, the mental challenge it is as well because you can't lose sight of what's going on because that's what happens to a lot of people when they're sparring or fighting they just aren't thinking anymore mm-hmm. and if you're not at the point where you cannot think and just react and have this actual skills to like do that that's not where you need to be you need to be like figuring out all right how do i get out of this what is he going to be doing and kind of still need a certain level of like awareness awareness and not losing yourself like i have really good reactions like i'm not gonna get hit in the face or kicked or anything like that as long as I'm not you don't tunnel in. Yeah, as long as I don't tunnel in and lose sight of like my awareness, I can react to like most things really, really quickly. Have really good balance. So I'm not gonna like overexert myself or things like that. It does like tumble over. Don't trip over my feet too much. But always gotta remember, all right, I gotta keep a good good focus because sometimes I can get into Berserker Tony and that Tony just enjoys the thrill of the fight. And then it's like, fuck everything else. You're going to take some damage. We're going to be in here and we're just going to go. Yeah. I, that part of me doesn't really exist. That's well, it exists thanks, in my to, ass. thanks to karate. It's pretty much all been tamped out. And it's just like, what do you got to do? You always pay attention. I like, I like for the most part, the biggest goal is pay attention. And for the most part, you have the muscle memory to react to basically anything. I guess it's not, I don't try to, but it's not even like I get too overwhelmed. It's like I'm enjoying myself too much. Mm-hmm. Like there is one time I have small fought a small person where it was annoying when she got to the point where she was inside of my guard. But even at that point, it was just like, it was a fugue state. And I wouldn't say it was like a berserker thing. It was pretty much... Because she was black belt, I think I was a blue or purple belt at that point in time. And it pretty much came down to, I was using, I'm still very capable of using my knees and my elbows. Which is something that most people don't understand. That for the most part, that once someone gets close to you, you convert to knees and elbows and you go away from hands hands and kicks. Unless you're like really good with one of those things. But unless you're throwing hooks, uppers, or... Stuff like that. You can't throw any straights. You can't really extend the jab when someone's really close to you. So you go in tight and you throw upwards elbows, side laterals, and hooks, stuff like that, all with your elbows and knees. But that's the but nothing really bad happened that for me. But like I haven't actually had the chance to physically fight someone until since like I don't really count sparring as fighting. So Well, I guess since I started karate. I've done... I count sparring as fighting, I guess, because it's the closest thing that I've really done in a while. Like, I don't really street fight. That's not really a thing. Like, I'm grown. There's not too many instances that have called for me. If I get into an actual street fight, that person probably is not... I don't know what would actually happen in an actual street fight. As but I just don't even think that it's like a high likelihood of getting into one. Like it's like I'm at home too much for that. To happen. Not even that I'm at home. Like even when I'm out and about, like it's a good question. I'm just actually, leave. it's either that or it's like most of the situations where like 
I've been like with women and niggas just say something and as long as you don't like cower and you would turn in kind or respond in kind or like, oh, she got a fat ass. Yeah, I know. That's me. Niggas is just moving on. Like, I'm not like, unless you come and like, you gonna like doggedly hound us and try and be disrespectful. A quick slick comment is not gonna like make me want to fight you in the middle of the street. That don't make no sense. Would that F has that ever been you at one point or nah? Nah, um, niggas used to try me a lot in California, mm-hmm. but when I moved here, not so much. Like, I didn't get into any real fights or anything like that. Like, niggas say slick shit, but when you respond, most of them just, like, aren't really looking for a fight. And they're looking to, like, talk shit with their niggas and shit like that. They're not really looking to, like, try and fight you. So I've never really, like, had that situation. I've never been, like, the hothead immediately if you say something. But in California, I was, I guess I was younger also, but... I got, there was a lot of like, there's a lot of wanting to fight me. Mm-hmm. Tony was a lot worse in California, but I'm also going to acknowledge that Tony was completely with the shits when I was out there and wasn't looking to de-escalate or walk away from any situation or ignore what anybody had to say. Like, you say anything to me, and you could probably catch these hands because you should watch your mouth. Which, I mean, I still feel like that today. But it's just the cost benefit analysis of it today. It's like, I got shit to do. Now, if you ever catch me on a time where I don't feel like that, you might catch that old Tony. That's like, well, fuck it then. We can take things there because that's clearly where you wanted to go. But you shouldn't have spoke to me for real. But more so now, I'm a lot more reserved in how violent I respond. But people don't challenge me as much out here. But... I also was, like, gang-affiliated and doing a lot of, like, extracurricular shit in California that didn't follow you me. You extracurricular like it was on the fucking agenda <laughs> school. I mean, After I'm, basketball. I mean, for the most part, I Crip exist walking. inside of a way that is just, like, it's very much of a look-don't-touch type of atmosphere. As long as you don't cross any particular line of, like, placing your hands on whoever I'm with, then, like, like you can say shit, but it's not... Like I've not had niggas like most women just have thick enough skin to the point where they're used to that much. So it's like it's not really a problem for them, and it's not really a problem for me. Oh, I did run into that. I ran into a woman that wanted me to fight. She's like, "You didn't fight him." I responded to him. I I said something. It wasn't like he just said something. And well, at that point, I was going to say, "I don't know who you think I am," but I'm. I I said something. She's like, "Y'all didn't fight." And why would I have? Are you mm-hmm. gonna go out there? He he was disrespectful, and I checked him, and that was end of it. And if he responded with more disrespect, then yeah, there's there's something to talk about here. But I'm not just instantly about to fight. And two, you are not even the one that we get that reaction from me, madam. <laughs> you lucky I defended your honor because you just not gonna. And I more so looked at it as like me defending myself because you're not gonna disrespect me like I'm the whole nigga. Mm-hmm. Had nothing to do with you, sweetheart. But me out here fighting for you is also not about to be the thing because I, mm, it's not what I do. But no, nah, um, I haven't really fought 
No, someone spit on me, fought them immediately. Oh, I absolutely see that. That is a that's a, all that's in my California life when it was in the gang, gang, gang. I was like I said, I've been, and they didn't even spit it like they didn't touch scan it. They spit on my jacket, but I was wearing the jacket at the time. Still against the law. Yep. And so I took that jacket <laughs> off, balled it. I was like, hey, you hold this, and I immediately went to chase them down because they spit on me and ran. That's what they did. The bitch spit and then immediately <laughs> looked in my face and ran away. You gonna spit and run? Yeah, that, that's literally. <laughs> what what I Dead ass. We were yeah, time to look at you in the face. It was in a uh, gym, <laughs> so we was getting ready to go. But all of our shit is outside, so we was on outside on the basketball courts. There's this little gated area, so we all waiting by the gate for the bell to ring so we can go to our next class. He's standing in front of me, turn around, look at me, spit on my jacket, look me in the face, and then runs away. <laughs> It's just like I was stunned because I was like, "This nigga just spit on me." Granted, man, look man, at me. I know me. This nigga got an issue. Face. All right, bitch, you spit on me. So I just took the jacket off, proudly, balled it up, handed it to my friend because I don't want him to get no spit on him because that's disgusting. Hold this because I'm also not wearing a spitty jacket because that's weird. But I don't want to lose this either. So if you hold this. I'll right. go be somebody else. And then I immediately took off after his ass. Yeah, no, <laughs> did, did you just? Got me I'm just like I'm flabbergasted. <laughs> what are you doing? But me and him had issues the entire time we were in school. I've given him a black eye, bloody nose, and busted lip. He ran my head into a wall. Like we were walking out of class, and it was like the side of a like wooden paneling and everything and I walked in front of him and so he just slammed my head right into the wall. So that's when I turned around and started punching him in the face. Alright, well, I guess this is where we're at now. So no, Tony used to be with the shits, but Tony was also in an environment that called for me to be a much more aggressive version of myself. Because when you weren't, you were like the sheep to be picked on. And Tony definitely wasn't sheep. I was a wolf. Y'all about to be like, but that's also why I came to like Shaker on like some bully shit because the environment that I came from before is you establish yourself you set up dominance and you let niggas know it was very odd because it's like I set up all these lines why aren't anybody respecting my lines it's not like that here oh everybody was just so chill everybody was just so relaxed like I we can fight I was like everybody I will fight you for real. We can, we can go fight. Like, I attacked Marcus on the front line. I choked out Zeke. I was with the shits immediately. Uh, I, my first two friends were two giant-ass 6'5 niggas that were on the basketball team. James and this white boy that he found. Um, he found? Yeah, I didn't know who the white boy was, but they were on basketball, so that's how they became friends. But there were the two niggas. So it was me, them. the short nigga, in the middle of these two giant people. That's how I always <laughs> rolled around. But I was the one that was immediately going to hit you. I don't need them to back me up. It's fine. I got this. Oh, that's always the time you do. I'm going to put my hands on you. It's like... And so, yeah, now Tony came to that school with the intention... Of, I don't put my hands on y'all. Nobody was really trying to fight each other back. And yeah, no one really wanted to, wanted to smoke and everything. Everybody was like... At first, I was like, all right, well, this is real pussy. Well, and then I reckon I was like, all right, everybody's just pretty cool. These are some pretty good people. All right, well... I don't have to be hard for aggressive anymore. I mean, if my <laughs> previous environment... I um, it's all gang gang. All the areas that are like generally like the nice air, nicer areas to sit around and like be at in the quad area outside of our school are all gang controlled. And also with one of my gangs, we control one of the nicer areas. We had the vending machines and everything like that. You had to go to if you want to go to the vending machines, you had to come past us and get harassed and us talking shit to you. 
So yeah, no, I recognize that where I came from was a much more segregated and rough environment. Why you need to talk shit about people who just trying to go get a snack? Cause fuck, why are you over here? Cause I'm trying to get a snack. Go Snacks. On. All right, well get your fucking snack then. Hurry up. <laughs> but you talked to me. We were saying shit. You could have ignored us, but you decided to respond. Now we're engaged in this conversation. Now I'm irritated. And it's a lot of more of us than it's your one little ass. So you're probably not going to do a whole lot of shit talking to us. Because it's at least 15 to 20 of us over there every day. Why, why are you 15, 20 deep by snack machine? Why don't y'all just go Because home? there's benches over there. <laughs> and that's where we spend our time. A lot of the time, that's where we spend most. That was our area. Like, that was control right there. And then right next to it was the handball court. That's where the Mongs would be at. We didn't really fuck with the Mongs, but it wasn't like a big serious feud because they had a bigger issue with the Asian Crips. The Asian Crips, though, were aligned with us. So, I mean, me being the most rambunctious of the groups, I would always go over to the handball court and yell some really um, wild, wild things that are very problematic in today's era. So I won't repeat them on my own. <laughs> they were problematic then, too. Uh, right. <laughs> it didn't transform, but... <laughs> So I will uh, not say what I said. A lot of people don't necessarily understand it. I think the Hmongs are a subsection of Vietnamese. They came over here and they were forced to leave when Vietnam, after the war in Vietnam. I do believe something like that. And that big fan railed the Chinese people and Japanese are big fans of them. I mean, most people... There's so much beef going around the Asian Peninsula as well. Yeah, so nobody likes anybody. I'm not going to get into specifics, but just know that I wasn't riding with they click, and my click was for sure. They love the fact that I would do that to them. Too. They're like, because everyone's on they like Tom. Oh, go, go let them know. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, back. I'm over here. I'm, I'm with the shits instantly, but they always have my back. Like it was always just crazy shit. Like one time, one of our um, one of their little cousins got beat up in the back uh, in a locker room. Well, not he didn't get beat up in a locker room. He got beat up in in the gym. So his older cousin, who was gang affiliated, and he was like the top top because he had like a shadow. And what I mean by that is he had some nigga that followed him around that was basically his bodyguard. Took all the classes he took. They spent the entire time. They would just walk together. He just walked behind them. Not really talk a lot. Just a bigger, uh, stocky uh, Asian dude. It was really interesting to see that inside of my uh, middle school years. But yeah, they cleared out the uh, locker room and beat the fuck out of the boy that uh, beat his cousin up. That was an interesting time. But there was no one. It was a fair. I don't don't know if it was fair because we weren't there to see. We don't know what happened in that locker room. I'm not talking about the gang thing. I'm talking about more about the uh, if the cousin was decided to try and fight somebody Uh, and then they fall back. It's like, what you gonna do? Not don't touch him. And realistically, he wasn't the type of cousin to fight. The one that got beat up, he was... He wasn't affiliated. He was affiliated by blood because he's related, but, like, being active, like how we were all... Oh, wait, it was a gang member who decided to attack his cousin? We don't know. I don't know who the other (laughs) dude was. It's just like, I wasn't in on it. Yeah, like, all I know is, like, because I was friends with the two brothers. Those were my niggas. Alvin and... I can't say that name. Alvin. Me and Alvin was cool. Him and Kevin um, had the older cousin. The older cousin um, and there's a dude named Tam. Tam was like the nerdy... What's some more? He had just came to the country. Or his oh. family was like a first generation. So he didn't like have a full grasp of everything. So his cousins looked out for him. 
He got beat up. They didn't like that. Their cousin beat you. Fuck how to do. I don't know if he was talking shit because he may have because he also knew that he had his cousins backing him up. So he was kind of free at the mouth. So I don't know why, but I know how it resulted. But yeah, so that's the environment I grew up in. So when I came out here and that wasn't how it was, I was like, well, this is interesting. And then y'all were cool and we played Yu-Gi-Oh! Because what's crazy shit is I would do all that gang shit and then walk home and then sit outside with my friend that lived right down the street from my high school and we would play Yu-Gi-Oh! Because I had my deck with me. All my friends, all the gang members knew I played. Like, it wasn't like a secret. It was just a very interesting time for me where I was like, I exist in all the spheres. Yeah. Yeah, Tony was a big believer in Tony is a big believer in duality and that was a very big portion because I was like, in the honor classes and doing Mesa, which is math, aeronautics, um, engineering, and science. And so I was building like little like rubber cars and shit that work off rubber band engines and shit like that. But I was also gang gang, but I was playing you guess I was a very nerdy gang affiliated kid. It was interesting. And then y'all were out here not doing nothing gang and just playing the Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah, and shit like, like that. Oh. And I was like, well. I like the gang thing out here. So uh, I, I yeah, definitely. Thing. Yeah, I wasn't doing the gang thing out here. I was just trying to assert my own personal dominance and let y'all know what it was. But that didn't seem to be necessary. So yeah, it was a good time. But you yeah, know, just fighting in general for me is enjoyable. But that's also why I don't just fight excessive like out of anger anymore, because I recognize there was a point in time where Tony had the shortest of views. And you say something and fists are coming and I hope you're ready to defend yourself because this is a full on assault. Uh-oh. It's not just going to be one fist. If I never believed in hitting someone and then looking at them to see how they react, I'm hitting you and I'm following it up with more fists. And as many of them as I can fit in before you can defend yourself. Hopefully you fall over. I don't know. I have not fought someone in God knows how long, so I don't have to worry about it. Oh. It'll be a real interesting occurrence if it does happen. Now, if someone walks up and hits me, then all bets are off. I've never allowed anyone to get close enough to just hit me. I mean, you don't never know. Oh no, I. That's the thing. I do know. I generally have a. I have a reasonable expectation about three, about who's around me in about a three hundred. Just well, I guess angle. if you walk into a bar and then some random dude just smacks you, walk into a bar. You, first thing you do when you're walking to a bar is you check your left, check your right, and check all the blinds. Yeah, but first if you're thing, over there ordering your drink and someone just is coming to the bar. Don't put my back is to the bar. Now, if the bartender decides to smack me upside the head with the bar, no, but if back. you're talking, like literally ordering the drink, you can't have your back to the bar and be speaking to the bartender. That's not going to work. <laughs> that's, <laughs> it's that, like, I've done control. very odd things inside of my life. I've been to the bar with you, Charles. I've never seen you. Hey. <laughs> but oh, if I'm with multiple people, yes, that's a different situation. Weird. Yeah, I'm not saying that you're by yourself, but so if I'm not by myself, I'm assuming that you're looking exactly. out for my back. Exactly. I don't think so you're just gonna I'll, let me someone. Oh, exactly. But I'm <laughs> saying that there, are, there are situations where your guard is lower because you have friends around, things like that. But if we just so happen to miss the shit too, you could get slipped. I will be very upset. Hey, hey, I get if you're mad because we let someone hit you. I, <laughs> I would be the one mad too if all my friends are around and someone gets close enough to just start smacking on me and none of y'all were able to stop him before this happened and y'all see that I'm not paying attention. What are y'all doing? But niggas just talking to bitches and doing all kinds of fuck shit so I recognize that it could happen. So in the event that it happened, I would just think that like, uh, that'd be the only time that I would fight. It's like someone just walks up and like puts their hands hands on me. Or they put their hands on someone that I'm like, I care about. You can't just attack like 
if someone just hit Charles with a bat. Like, well, guess we fight. Yeah, like I got it. I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 I got it. I got a attack. Like, what are you doing? You're not just about to beat my homie. Or like, y'all can't. So you can't put on put hands on people that I, I care swear about. To God, but I, I also don't subscribe to like that. Oh, we got to shoot the fair one. It's one on one. No, Tony will jump. I'll, I'm a king. I'll jump you. Hmm. I mean, I'm not me really my, terrified I'll, of anybody. If, if I will get me fight. all my niggas, and we gonna put hands and feet on you. I'm gonna jump you. Oh, that's that game. That's what I. Thing. That's what I prefer. I'm going to jump you. Yeah, it, <laughs> that's that game. I'm not going part of to deny where <laughs> so like, from. We we gotta do that fair fisty cuss. No, no, we're not. <laughs> Thirty seconds in, it looks like he might lose this double. Yep. And so we don't even give you that opportunity. We about to pack your ass out. Oh, it's no homo. Like you about to get this work for real. So yeah, no, no, no. I will like. I've called people like, hey, I need you. You're going to be in this bush. We about to hop out. We about to, no, we about to jump you. I'm not playing with you. I don't even really want to fight you at all anymore. Unless like it's something that you've done to me personally where I'm mad like that, then you might catch me where so I want to. What you're, what you're saying is if I took, ripped off, if you were jumping me and y'all were kicking me and I took someone's shoe off and I threw it at you and I hit you in the face with the shoe, you would be upset. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like that's one of the. It's, it's just like what are you trying to do? Well, the first thing you do is someone is kicking you on the ground. You take one of their feet. Also, you want to pull one of them down to the ground with you because the funny thing that you could do is you could actually probably angle somebody. So that means your friend is probably getting more so kicked than I am. Oh no, we're stopping.